0: Thank you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Low Blow Booking Podcast. My name is Derek Cornett, and we're coming at you live and in living color on your mobile listening devices. And ladies and gentlemen, I am so excited to be sitting here tonight talking with you about one of the most interesting topics that we've been covering and definitely one of the most contemporary uh, topics that we've gone in and looked at here at the Low Blow Booking Podcast. Uh, First thing I want to do is I want to welcome in my partner uh, tonight, again, uh, a man who I've worked with a little bit in the past and somebody I really enjoy talking to when it comes to this crazy thing called pro wrestling. I want to welcome in from north of the border, Stephen Graham. How's it going, my friend?
1: It's going pretty well. Um, I'm not at your energy level, though, so I might have to... uh, throw back
0: a, a drink or something. <laughs> well, I can't help it, man. When it comes to the things that we're doing here with the Lobo Booking Podcast and the things that you and I are doing over on ProWrestlingOnly.com, when it comes to booking and, and drafting and, and doing all this stuff, I just get so excited. And, I, you know, I, eat, I messaged you earlier in the week, like, hey, man, I'm ready to go whenever you are. Um, just because I like these kind of topics so much, I enjoy getting in there and, and kind of redoing things. And um, I guess that's really what my my calling is when it comes to being a pro wrestling fan, um, when you think about why you're a fan, what is it that really draws you in, I guess, and has kept you in, um, as you're becoming more and more of an adult every day?
1: Um, I was thinking about this actually like a week ago or so. And I think what I've determined is I really like sports, but my sports teams don't really win. And, I think what makes me enjoy wrestling so much is that in wrestling, it's a sport where the people I like actually can win mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes actually, like, achieve stuff. Um, so that's, I, I think, the underlying factor there is that I get to watch a sport where the people I cheer for win, which is great.
0: And what are some of these sports that uh, you have that um, don't win, I guess?
1: Well, I'm in Toronto. So, okay. uh, of course we have the Maple Leafs who, uh, yeah, um, haven't been to the conference finals since 94. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> how
0: about the Blue <laughs> Jays? I thought trouble. they were having a great year.
1: Uh, what?
0: The Blue Jays. Sure.
1: The Blue Jays, yeah, but I gave up baseball years ago because it's so boring.
0: Okay, well.
1: <laughs> they are having a good year though. I went to a game this year even. Nice. So.
0: How about, uh, how about Canadian football?
1: Yeah, I enjoy it. I just, um. I don't watch it as uh, like uh regularly okay. I watch more curling, yeah, um, and I guess uh um, the last Olympics can of kick button curling, so that was that was a time where the team I was cheering for won
0: so how now, I got a question. I talked to Dave a lot, and Dave's obviously in Australia do you ever have you ever watched rugby or do you watch rugby at all?
1: No, no, I have watched one or two games, but not once, not much. Um, I know they played an actual rugby game on our Parliament Hill. Okay.
0: Once. So that's that's impressive. It's interesting. If <laughs> I, I don't think that you'd ever want to, but if you ever went to Washington, D.C., um, they're always playing, like, pickup games all over that town. And I watched uh, a men's rugby pickup game once. It was incredible. Um, when I was there as a kid, I was just, like, blown away, like, isn't this like all polit- politicians that live here? <laughs> and, uh, it, it was I assume pretty... you can't
1: play it on the White House lawn.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably probably, probably not happening. So um, I think you and I could probably talk foreign policy and politics on another day uh, for another extended period of time. But um, we'll get into the politics of professional wrestling, which is a great segue. Um, I'm going to have to work on one of those like segue buttons where it says, like, segue, um, because we're going to be talking about nepotism at its finest we are going to be taking over a current-day WWE brand draft. So to kind oh, of build... September 1st. yep, Yeah, September 1st. So we're going to be talking about using the rosters as they are active on September 1st, taking into account injuries and those things, um, and doing uh, a couple of rounds here on the broadcast. And then we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come at you with uh, booking from September through uh, to Wrestlemania we're going to talk about joint pay-per-views separate pay-per-views um, and we're going to be grabbing everything, we're going to be grabbing wrestlers divas, announcers, managers um, and we also get to pick uh, some NXT guys we're going to run through some of those rules in just a second but let's kind of set this scenario up, so right now on Raw um, actually controlling the WWE you have Stephanie McMahon, Helmsley and Triple H well, in comes Vince McMahon, and he's not very happy with this scenario. So, Stephen, what, what can Vince do to kind of shake things up a bit?
1: Well, the current product sucks, um, is the, the gist of it. And I saw on Pro Wrestling Only, um, you know, the best message board around. And uh, someone suggested, you know, is it the time for a brand split? And I was like, no, no, the brand split sucked. Um, but the brand split kind of sucked because they did it stupidly. <laughs> like, they they mushed everything together. They both had a world champion, which made both world titles look lesser. Um, they had people jumping back and forth. The shows all looked identical. They didn't have um, – there was a period where they had kind of different styles, but they generally were just the same thing on different shows. So, um, yeah, doing a brand split now – wouldn't work unless they took different philosophies. Like uh, whoever produces um, NXT goes to one show, and Kevin Dunn stays on Raw, or something like that. But you know, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But um, so doing a brand split now, it would be interesting because they do have a lot of um, they do have a lot of talent, and I think what's most interesting is that. You're watching it in NXT and WWE proper. How two different styles can coexist within the same company, and how in, you know, how refreshing it is to see two different things. So, if you take that philosophy to the main roster uh, and do it there, and also SmackDown's like a completely useless show. So, this would be a type of thing that would make it more meaningful. Um, nothing I ever expect to happen, but it would be uh, definitely something that could be of interest if they decided to go fully into it, unlike the last time.
0: I'll be honest. um, I consider myself a very avid wrestling fan. Um, I have consistently watched Monday Night Raw for, I mean, since it's been on. I have never, I can probably count the number of SmackDown episodes I've watched on my hand. I never bought into it. I was always a quote-unquote Raw guy. Um, And I don't know if it was because... When it started, it was on Thursdays, and I was always doing something. And then when I got kind of older, it moved to Fridays, and, like, I wasn't watching wrestling on Friday nights. I was going out. Um, and so I – I always feel limited in my knowledge of what that product is all about and what it stands for. I know that there was a period of time in which the wrestling on that product was so much better than Raw.
1: A period of time. Yeah. The moment the brand split started, until they kind of killed off the brand split, SmackDown was two million times better. Yeah. and um, Yeah, so. And I especially guess I've always... the period where, like, Heyman was booking, yeah. or even just, you had good wrestling on it, and you had all the crappy guys on Raw. It was weird.
0: Yeah. I, I, I guess I've always just looked at it and I say I want I, I like RAW. That's what you know that's what I've always been a fan of. Even when you got the like the video games and you could do the GM mode, I always picked RAW. Um, I mean it was just always that was always my go-to. So um, you know when we look at this product and we look at this thing that we're gonna be doing here, um, I'm gonna be taking over RAW with Triple H and Stephanie McMahon Helmsley. And that means that SmackDown needs a GM. So what does Vince McMahon do in order to uh, make this brand split happen?
1: Oh, yeah. So this is really out of left field. But um, uh, this is something they could do what they would never do because he's disowned from the family. But if you bring back Shane, that's at least something that you could do. Um, And, you know, Shane can come out there once every two months, make make a big announcement, do his little dance and then disappear. He, uh, you know, I wouldn't want him on TV each week, you know, being a character who's constantly making matches that happen an hour later. Um, but being a guy more in the Jack Tunney vein, um, it, it could be, it, it would be something more enjoyable for sure.
0: Absolutely. I've always, I always liked Shane and, um, I always thought that he was kind of bigger than pro wrestling. Um, I think that he was such a visionary for, he, he was like his dad in so many ways, just outside of wrestling. You know what I mean? Like he, he wanted to be the entertainment mogul or whatever, you know, he wanted to do so much more than that. Um, I always viewed him as, as, as being, you know, pretty smart in that aspect. And, um, you know, I thought he, I always enjoyed seeing him on, on character and on, on screen and stuff like that, but, um. Really, you know, kind of an underrated person in my opinion and somebody who's got some charisma that could, uh, you know, really take a stand and people could believe that he has power. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: if you're doing a brain split now, like, you could either bring Vince back, which seems insane because he doesn't want to be on TV because he looks too old. Or you could break up Stephanie and Triple H, which would be weird. Mm -hmm. Um... Because Shane's not coming back, but if you had the option to bring Shane back, that would um, uh, be something that people would actually buy into, that Shane wants a different feel than uh, than Triple H and Stephanie.
0: I think – and the, the problem is, is that even the, the biggest glaring thing that I saw with SmackDown was it was raw, but it was blue, you know? Whenever I, I kind of got a glimpse of it, that's kind of what it seemed like. But when they did do the brand split, that's kind of when I got intrigued with it, and I saw that it was something different, um, and, and I like that. I like that. I like. I always liked the production of TNA, um, kind of with the backstage stuff that they did. But then they got just so overblown with how obscene the the product was in general. So um, when I look at you know SmackDown and Raw. You know, that would be something, the first thing I would do is try and change the product and make it different from the other one so that, you know, people can notice that difference, I guess.
1: Yeah, and they, they tried it at first while Heyman was there. He, you know, he he was trying to do a bunch of different things, but, you know, the, the politics of the WWE is what it is, so it didn't go that far.
0: Exactly, where, you know, I can push that segue button again and, uh, you know, we can get into that because, you know, when you look down a list of people... Who would be a legitimate uh, GM? You know, Paul Heyman obviously comes to mind. You look at a guy like Booker T or JBL. um, I always thought Jim Ross would have been a fun role in that, you know, fun person for that role too. But, um, you know, Shane McMahon comes in. He's taken over SmackDown. Steven is his head booker. Um, Raw has Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. They've given me the book. And now we get into a draft. So, Steven, the way that you and I have set this draft up. It is going to be at least 10 rounds here while we're recording, um, and then we're going to finish up the draft on our own. Um, We'll let people know how those things uh, finish out as we then begin to uh, start booking um, the September. My first show is in September. Uh, It's going to be Night of Champions. You'll have October. Uh, You're still working on that pay-per-view name, and then we're going to be coming together in November for Survivor Series. In December, Raw is going to be presenting the newly... Uh, minted Armageddon uh, rather than whatever, uh, TLC, and I just hate that show. Um, I hate the name for it. Why wouldn't you use that gimmick more sparingly rather than just at one pay-per-view? Um, and then we're going to be coming together again for the Royal Rumble in January. In February, you're going solo uh, with a SmackDown pay-per-view, and then we're going to be finishing up with a joint show in March, that big one, WrestleMania, down in Dallas, Texas. So... Um, Anything to kind of start off with here before we get going on the draft? any final notes
1: yeah just um uh, remember that this is not like it's September first and everything changes like um, we're trying to realize that this everything that happened before September first still happened um, so we're trying to go from there so you'll you'll have to see an undertaker Brock match at some point because <laughs> they've set it up. Um, Okay, maybe it takes place they're not after SummerSlam. So,
0: yeah.
1: maybe there's not a, a, a Sting Seth Rollins match.
0: Exactly, <laughs> yeah. We'll
1: see. Um, which reminds me, Sting isn't on this list. So he we should not. add him to the list. Uh, the other thing is that um, Seth Rollins is the, the world champion and he's going to uh, be a traveling world champion that goes from show to show. So, at this point, the US title will have to be vacated because... Uh, you know he can't be on consistent in on one show defending a title and then traveling back and forth defending the other. Yeah. Uh, it's too much. So basically, whoever picks Ryback gets the IC title, and whoever um, doesn't gets the US title vacated to do with whatever they want.
0: Absolutely. And
1: also, the other thing we decided was that um, there's going to be two NXT picks at least, maybe more. Um, one of them, you know, coming in the top ten, and that uh the only group that gets picked together is a new day so that the the tag the titles don't have to be vacated so if you pick the new day you get three people
0: well we actually i just want to remind you we did say that the the nxt pick is pick number 10 oh yeah sorry so um whatever pick that is it has to be an nxt person um so that'll be that'll be kind of interesting to see how this thing plays out um and who who is picked at that point in time um so, I guess when we look at this, um you and I discussed it. I I we're going to do a snake draft. Um Steven has the first pick and then I will get two picks, then Steven will get two picks and we'll just go down the order from there. So, um Steven, you step up to the podium. The brand split has happened. Uh it is right after um right after SummerSlam here. We've got all this stuff going. You've got a pretty nice roster of some guys here, but it's your turn to make a pick. You get to pick anybody. Who's it going to be?
1: I think you got to go um, with the one guy that when you watch him, it's special, um, who can put on great match after great match, who actually has a presence um, and someone that you know you don't get for every show. But when you get him, it's a really big deal. And I think um, kind of a brand split where it's alternating pay per views, so they're not a pay per view every month, really would kind of work in favor for a guy like this. But you, you got to bring in the beast, Brock
0: Lesnar. All right. Um, so Brock Lesnar has gone to SmackDown. Um, obviously, well, he was
1: kind of the king of SmackDown in the past. That's so true. It kind of works that's, in that way. Too. That's
0: true. He definitely is. So um, Raw steps up, Triple H, and Stephanie. You know, maybe try to throw some money because they wanted Brock Lesnar. Um, but they know that, you know, with Brock Lesnar, there comes some baggage and we're looking for the, uh, the working man. And, uh, I don't know how you don't go, um, with John Cena as your first pick. Um, I, all the things that you said about Brock Lesnar are 100% true. But when I look at John Cena, I just see somebody that is going to be on TV and he's going to be somebody that I can really build around. Um, I'll
1: tell you why, um, just just to clear things up. Um, I don't think you can take John Cena off of Raw, because he's kind of the biggest star, and Raw is their flagship. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wanted to avoid John Cena uh, for that reason, so
0: he would end up on Raw. I hear you. Now, my next pick, I don't know if you're going to like it. You're probably going to shun me a little bit. But um, when we come back from commercial break, uh, Stephanie and Triple H are kind of walking in the background, and they are walk you up this me
1: off here and pick my pick.
0: They walk up to this guy I'll and they say, me. "Oh, you're back, huh?" And he looks at his partner and he says, "Yeah." And they says, "Well, I heard you kind of, you're kind of a bully." And then they walk out, and the guy shakes his head. And they walk out and they pick Bubba Ray Dudley as the second pick.
1: Huh. <laughs> and then everyone scratches their head? Exactly. All right. I guess um, we'll have to wait until after the commercial break to figure out what that is. But um, I'll tell you now, you could have picked him out of the top ten and you would have been fine.
0: <laughs> That's all right. I, I like what my plan is with him. So.
1: Okay. Well, um, so it's back to me and I get two picks. Okay. So at this point, I think you have to go with, um, someone that they've heralded as the future of the company, but they've really badly bumbled and clearly needs, um, a guiding hand. And I kind of, uh, want to trust me with that responsibility to put him back on the right track. Uh, and that's Roman Reigns, um he's, he's put off their great match after great match, but the booking of him is almost looks like sabotage how poorly it is. So I want to bring him in and try to fix him up, um, get him back on track to becoming the the future of the company. So I'm going to take Roman Reigns there.
0: All right. Um, So first two picks for SmackDown, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. First two picks for raw John Cena and Bubba Ray Dudley.
1: I got the main event for WrestleMania. There you go. So that's good. Um, my next pick I'm gonna pick the uh the wrestler on the show that um maybe the best in ring they have left, but also a great promo is also the second youngest person on the roster and has um if done correctly the biggest upside of anyone left or anyone in the company in total and I'm gonna take Sasha Banks. I'm gonna build my women division all around Sasha Banks. Great, great wrestler. Um and uh I, I'm I'm thinking I'm in good hands there.
0: All right. Well, I'm gonna come back and um I love the presence of Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose is gonna be the pick. Now oh, when we go it. what's that? <laughs> damn it. I was
1: gonna you know, <laughs> reform the uh the Roman Reigns Dean Ambrose tag team for
0: yeah. my next pick. Well I hate uh, to I hate to say it but Sasha Banks definitely would have been there in number eleven for you yeah um, oh, <laughs> so I guess we both can say that we have questionable first three picks in there somewhere. Um, I'll
1: tell you, Sasha Banks might be a top 10 wrestler in the world right now. I, overall.
0: I, 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 I completely agree. Um, and I think, you know, my sentiment on the women, uh, which is, I, it, it's not degrading it's anyway. I, I, I try not to be, <laughs> I just don't value women's wrestling as much as others, but I can tell you that these girls from NXT and the divas. Right now, I mean, we've got some pretty good wrestlers in there, so um, I'm looking forward to what that can become, but I'm not overly excited about what it is right now. Um, I can tell you I'm really excited about one person, and that's number the number four pick. Do you want to know who it is? Um, I'm guessing it's Zack Ryder. It's actually Kevin Owens. Oh, there you go. I really like his upside. Um, I like what he can do, and... Um I got this other guy that I just picked up that may be able to work with him a little bit and make him a little bit meaner than he already is. So
1: Okay. And I like your strategy of uh picking Bubba now because then you can pick Devon really low. Cause There's no way in hell I'm taking Devon as a single <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna happen. Um but what I am gonna do is uh take the best heel in the company. Um who unfortunately has been uh, really downgraded uh, a lot this year, but uh, is a great wrestler, always puts on a great performance, and could be the best heel in the company, and that would be Rusev. Um,
0: oh, yeah. He's, he's strong. That's a strong pick with Rusev. I, I, he's got a tremendous upside, and like you and I were doing with the um, the PWO 1983 project, he would be a guy that could go anywhere and make a lot of money. Yeah,
1: and I a Haas division right now. Exactly. <laughs> with Brock, Roman, and Rusev. Yep. Least.
0: Well, I'm trying Haas to fight you everywhere. over there with some of the guys I've got, but you never know.
1: Yeah. Um, this was my plan, and I've got everyone ne- on my plan next to Dean Ambrose next. Um, <laughs> now <laughs> I've got a think on my feet here, and...
0: I do have a quick question. Go for it. We Did we add in... Uh, Bray Wyatt's new guy? No.
1: I had Braun Strawman yeah. <laughs> in there. I forgot about him. He wasn't on the WWE.com webpage. I, so I definitely um,
0: didn't spell his name right there. So when you see Braun Strawman.
1: <laughs> I don't think that's it. No. But, uh, we'll, I,
0: we'll, well, we'll, I was just looking at some of the highlights from the other day. And I looked at our video and I was like, I don't see him on there.
1: No, no. I, I completely forgot about him. Um... So thank you. Give me some time to stall. And let's see. I've got that, that, that. What I'm going to do now is I think I'm just going to bring in Cesaro because he could be the best wrestler in the company and um maybe keep him in a good state instead of, you know, dropping him down like WWE eventually is going to do. Um, and I think him mixing up with Rusev and Brock and Roman could all lead to really good strongman, uh, Haas matches. So, uh, bring bringing Cesaro there.
0: I like that. I, I like what he can do. Um, I think he is, in my opinion, he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. But I don't get out much. I guess.
1: oh uh, he is. He's great. Um, he's definitely great. He just hasn't had the chances to show it this year, unfortunately. So. Yep.
0: Let's see. All right, let's keep this thing going here. So I'm looking at my list and I'm trying to build up this um this raw roster and i've got to go with Bray Wyatt he's one of my favorite people to watch wrestle um and i think that he comes in with a lot of good baggage um and i look at him and i say you know that's a guy who is all about playing some really good mind games um and then next is a guy that I didn't think would drop this low, but I guess it's not overly surprising. Um, but he is uh, a <laughs> he. In my opinion, he's I I've always liked him, and that's Randy Orton. Um, at number six, and I could I could have swapped him with uh, Bray Wyatt. That would have been no problem at all. I mean, it's no offense to either of them. I I really enjoy both their works, and I think that um. Orton is is really uh, a fun person. I've always liked his stuff, I guess.
1: Yeah, fair enough. I just find him incredibly boring. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Always have. Um, So I guess we're going to move on, and I'm going to take another guy who uh, is a really great wrestler, (laughs) another guy that fits in with this Haas division I've decided to build on the fly here. Um, Great wrestler. Finally, he's... Seem to be doing a really good character as well. Um, and that's Seamus. Oh, yeah. Seamus?
0: Is he Bebop or Rock Study?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I've got a lot of power.
0: <laughs> yes, you do. So,
1: um, so at this point, oh, I forgot about this guy. So I've got to take Luke Harper, uh, another great wrestler.
0: You're going to kill my Wyatt family before it even gets started?
1: Yeah, you can have strawman all you want. Uh, I'm going to take Luke Harper, great wrestler, just I think going to be an absolute great heel, an absolute boss in the company, and uh, I'm going to see what I can do with him.
0: Uh, well, I, I can see why that would be beneficial for you. Um, definitely a strong, strong character there. Um, well, we've got a couple of guys left. I just want to clean up our list here while we're going through um. just so it's easier for you and I both to read. Um, I guess when you look at this list and you look at some of the names that are left, who is the WWE missing out on most in your opinion?
1: Well, if you're looking at a wrestler who is absolutely great, who always gets over, has insane charisma, and could be doing a lot in the company... But they do nothing worth, worth, nothing they do, anything with them. It's El Torito. The guy's a friggin' amazing wrestler. Um, Had some of the best matches of the year a couple years ago when he was facing Hornswoggle, who sucks. Uh, And they they don't even have him do anything except for come out as a manager. Just utter waste of time. I don't know what they're
0: doing. I can see that. Um, uh, I'm kind of in a tough spot here. But I've got to do these two picks because these are two foundational picks for me. That's what I'm going to call them, foundational picks. You know what that means? That something could be built off of them, but something may not be built off of them. And the first pick is going to be Nikki Bella. I'd like to have my hands on that Divas Championship so that I can build some stuff because I've got three hours of programming, and um, I'd like to get two matches out of it. So uh, we'll see how that works out. Um, so Nikki Bella, and now I have the Divas Championship over on Raw. The next one is hopefully going to upset you, and I think I can get something out of it, and that is Paul Heyman.
1: Uh, That was my next pick. Yeah.
0: I I didn't think that he was going to drop to number nine, so, um, and I'm going to spoil it because I can. I think putting Paul Heyman with a guy like Kevin Owens could make him just explode and I don't know if I do it on screen but I have him follow him around and, and get everything he can out of him um because I think that Kevin Owens could be the next big thing if done the right way because I think he's got a great following and I think that he really speaks with a lot of truth when he gets out there and cuts a good promo so um that's kind of my my thought process on him
1: yeah um yeah and plus you know one of the better promos in the company so
0: Exactly. You're, Putting you're both of those guys of together, skin. I see a lot of upside, I guess. That's what I'm getting at. But All right, you are up now, sir, with two picks in a row.
1: So, I didn't expect you to take any women. And I'm glad you took Nikki, because I don't want to touch her. Yeah. And I wanted to start the women's title, not the divas title. I don't
0: know how <laughs> you wouldn't want to touch Nikki Bella, because I would definitely... <laughs>
1: Married man here. Um, oh, so that. what I'm going to do is take probably the next best woman's wrestler in the company next to Sasha Banks. And uh, I'm going to take Becky Lynch here. Okay. Just to at least have one great match I can have, <laughs> even if it's over and over again. Um, so we're going to do that. So I got Brock Lesnar as a man alone with no mouthpiece at this point. Yeah. Um,
0: Oh, there's plenty out there. You said El Torito. There is. There is
1: some mouthpieces out there.
0: El Torito could do a lot of work.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You'd have to use subtitles. Uh, You could always
0: go get Michael Cole and have him go back to the coal mine and Brock Lesnar be his fucking bodyguard. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I'm going to think about that for a couple
0: minutes. Uh,
1: (laughs) I I may
0: pick up Michael Cole and put him in the coal mine. It's it's okay if you do it. I I won't take any uh, liberties.
1: That's completely okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Just looking over the roster here. And I think I need uh, someone that's going to change up the roster a little bit. Um, I've got all power. (laughs) I need something uh, to mix up this show, make it a little more um, less samey, I I guess you can say. And I'm going to take me Callisto. And I think... They brought him in as they think they could be the next Rey Mysterio. You know, no one's really that good. Nope. But as a charismatic high flyer, to kind of spice up the card, I think he'd be in a great spot there. So,
0: Can I'm I tell you Calisto. a quick funny story about my days in indie wrestling and this guy named Callisto? Um, he was always just such a fucking jerk. And he was one of those guys that had wrestled for a while had wrestled in shitty promotions and had some shitty matches and was out of shape and just an overall shitty human being. But he, of course, had wrestled for a couple years, so he let everybody know that and, um, you know, just kind of was a jerk. I mean, it just always rubbed me the wrong way. I think there was a point in time in which we did kind of come to a common ground because he could understand why I was doing it and that I was pretty decent at it. Um, so, you know, I respect him for that now. But, you know, it's just like, well, you don't have to be such an idiot to every single person you meet in life. Um, but this guy was, and I think that I, I stopped my upsetness and hatred for him, um, on a night in which he went out, um, and there was a strobe light in the entranceway, and he had a seizure right in the entrance, uh, oh. right before a match. So, That's um, not good at all. <laughs> yeah, you know, Callisto. You and I have had our past, and it is our past, and uh, I probably will never see you again, but you know, I wish you the best. And if anything, just take one word of advice. Don't be a fucking asshole to everybody that you meet because it won't get you nowhere in life. And someday somebody on a podcast is going to say it out loud for everybody else to hear. So um, <laughs> I guess that's my Callisto story. <laughs> uh,
1: I got no Callisto stories.
0: <laughs> well, let me tell you about a story that you're going to have, my friend. It is going to be the story of my next pick and I guess when I look at this pick I know that I've got to do something here because um I'm really kind of building towards something and I don't know some of the pieces aren't there in place but I do know one thing that if I do have a three-hour raw I've got to have something that will be entertaining and albeit, these guys are entertaining, and they are your tag team champions, and they are the New Day. Oh, such a great team. They've
1: got, they've got great matches. They have great characters. They're hilarious. They're, they're awful heels that you want to see get beat up. Uh, yeah, just a great package all around.
0: I, they, they are very Freebird-esque, nowhere near the work rate, but just the entertainment value.
1: I'll take Big E over anyone. I love Big
0: E. <laughs> you would take Big E over Terry Gordy?
1: Um, given time. Like, Big E has to have the chances, but I think he has the talent if he was put in the right position.
0: Okay. I, I can give you that. I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad. I Can t- Can I tell you a quick Big E story? I know we're running a little low here. But uh, <laughs> when the WWE came to Rochester, I got tickets in the second row and Big E was there. And needless to say, me and Big E got into it about how he was a nation of domination wannabe. Um, because that was when he was wearing that Farouk Mark Henry esque uh singlet. Uh, I love Big E. Oh yeah. <laughs> he he, he, was, he was cool about it though, so um it it was fun. It was a very entertaining entertaining night. Um, Steven, we are now in round ten. And what does that mean? NXT. NX fucking T. Um. My friend, there's a man that I've always wanted to see on WWE TV, and he is finally there. You want to take a guess at who it is? I
1: I assume you're taking Samoa Joe.
0: I am taking Samoa Joe. I think that there is a a big upside to what I have in place here, and I think Samoa Joe is a guy that could uh, definitely be uh, put into a a very powerful position, um, albeit he does break necks and cash checks, so... Um, no offense to Tyson Kidd.
1: <laughs> uh, so NXT pick again uh, for me this time. And you have a lot of good options. Um, although a lot of the people who I would love to take, I think need a little bit more time in NXT. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm going to lay off them for now, unless I'm, my hand is uh, stuck later on. Mm-hmm. And what I'm going to do is take um, a great overall character, Who's pretty good wrestler to uh, to be with, but overall it's just a really great character and would add uh, a different flair to my roster, which I think was starting to get a little stuck um, in this power game. So I, I need to turn it up just a little bit. I'm gonna take myself some Tyler Breeze.
0: Well, I, he he's very underrated. I think he he's a guy that you could showcase on SmackDown, and he would be built up over the long term. You know what I mean? That's the idea yeah. we're, we're hoping here. <laughs> he's he's a guy that I can see a lot of upside with, and um, that's kind of why they would put him with Liger. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he's going to have something good out of it. So um, here we are. We've been recording here, Stephen, um, for a while. We were about 35 minutes in. Do you want to continue on with some more picks, or do you want to take, uh, take this down to uh, and take a break and then come back with the booking?
1: I think uh... – People have heard enough of us picking, and they can, uh, they'll, they'll hear more about the guys we pick um, as we do our booking, and we can kind of explain it then.
0: All I don't right. think
1: people want to hear us uh, go back and forth a little bit more until some, someone picks Bra Strawman.
0: Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, here's the thing, Steven. Why don't you run down your 10 picks um, and kind of just give yourself an overall grade?
1: Okay. I got myself a Super A+. Um, I got myself <laughs> Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, who had... Uh the so far one of the top three matches of the year WrestleMania, just great guys and if I want to match them up in a WrestleMania rematch, I got that set. Um and plus Roman Reigns is the future and Brock Lesnar is the present, so that's good. Um I got Sasha Banks who uh just an absolutely amazing wrestler, great character, uh can carry anyone. Um when she's not sabotaged like she is now. Um, so that's good. Rusev, the best heel, just so good, and really needs a new... Uh, well, he's doing something entertaining now, but he's not the threat he was, which he could be again. We got Cesaro, just amazing talent, who uh, could be doing a lot more if they you know, wanted to. Uh, Sheamus, who... I guess he's the Money in the Bank champion right now, so I have that option thrown to me. Um, a, a really good heel, really good baby face if I wanted to go back in that direction, uh, and he, he can have some good matches in there. I got Luke Harper. Yeah, I don't know what to say about him. He's just awesome, and um, everyone. every time he gets a long match, it's good. I got Becky Lynch, maybe the second best women's wrestler, or so I, I got at least got one really good match out of there. Callisto to really change everything up and give myself a new dynamic of um, high-flying to go with all this power matches. And Tyler Breeze, uh, really the first just pure character um, I have, but it can back it up in the ring. He'll be a good like uh, guy on the undercard uh, being built up as, as someone you want to see get beat up. So, uh, yeah, like I said, super A+. Plus. All right.
0: Um, I don't know if I have a super A+. Plus. But I definitely have somewhere in the upper echelon of an A. Um, I'll
1: tell you why it's a super A plus. Um, the only people I didn't get that I wanted was uh, Heyman and Ambrose. Everyone else was according to plan.
0: So okay, I can hear that. Well, honestly, the only guy that I didn't get that I wanted was Luke Harper. So <laughs> I, I, I can't I can't be too upset if if you didn't if you didn't uh, get Brock first, I definitely would have taken him.
1: Oh, You tried to downplay him in the chat.
0: I did. <laughs> well, why didn't you? You were you? playing mind games. <laughs> I can't help it. Um. All right. So, who do you have? I, I, I with my first pick, I picked John Cena, face of the company. He's the man. Uh. Then I picked a very questionable second overall pick. <laughs> but I, I got You lose your super. I've got to tell. Yeah, exactly. I guess I've got to tell you though. I really like what he could do for a short period of time. If they book him the way that I'm going to book him for the next, um, what do we got here, S- uh, seven months, he could really make an impact and and really have one of those swan songs that people talk about for a long time. Um, oh, yeah,
1: I think he's great.
0: Yeah, But that's Bubba Ray Dudley. Uh, number three, Dean Ambrose. Number four, Kevin Owens. Number five, Bray Wyatt. Number six, Randy Orton. I picked up the Divas Championship with Nikki Bella. Um, I have my mouthpiece in Paul Heyman. I have uh, the Tag Team Champions in A New Day. And then I have the Samoan Submission Machine, Samoa Joe. So, um, like I said, I give myself uh, an A. Not a hard A, but definitely an A. Um, I like it. I like what I've got here. I've got two titles. Um, So, right now, we still have the IC title out there um, floating around in, in... whatever, you know, draft land with Ryback. Um, we did talk about that whoever does pick Ryback, the other brand gets the United States Championship. Yeah, so that's I've,
1: I've got a women's title that's not with anyone, so I've got at least
0: one tournament to set that up. Yeah, and then, of course, uh, you do have the option of creating tag team champions over on SmackDown. Will, yeah, so. Um, so a lot of good stuff coming out of here, guys. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, um, it's not really even going to be a quick break. We're just going to come right back and then we're going to be talking about, um, some of the other people that we picked up and then we're going to be booking from there. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, the low blow booking podcast is going to be right back as, as we book the rest of the, uh, WWE year of 2015 into 2016. So we will be right back. All right, Stephen, we are back. And uh, it's been a, a couple of fun uh, moments here as we uh, finished, a, finished out the draft and then uh, got into some of our booking. Uh, we did take a, about a week layoff here to, to set everything up for everybody so that we could come at you with this one uh, podcast here on the Low Blow Booking Podcast to give you the rebranding of the WWE uh, current day started September 1st. And, uh, Stephen, let's first run through um, some of the people that we drafted uh, that were not on our initial top 10. Um, I know that, you know, as we go through this, we don't need to go through every single one, but um, I guess... Can
1: talk about my big mistake from the top 10?
0: Yeah, let's let's talk about that. I'll let you explain it just so that fans can get the, uh, the idea of what exactly happened.
1: Okay, so the big mistake by me... Well, actually, okay, there was one mistake where Paige was left off the roster. Um, that doesn't affect the top 10, but that affects later on where... Uh, uh, Derek here was able to take Paige at the twenty ninth pick and and forced me to take blue pants as my eighth <laughs> woman. But uh that was just an omission error. Um the big mistake by my part was my number ten pick, um picking NXT people. Um I knew twentieth we picked another NXT person so I was like, okay, I have us all set um to take Bailey with my twentieth pick because there's no way <laughs> that uh Derek here would uh take Bailey and then um He ended up taking her with the number 20, so I should have taken Bailey number 10. Uh, Big mistake. So to rectify that, I had to make a trade, which I think I traded Luke Harper and someone um, (laughs) for Luke Harper and a draft pick for Bailey is what I ended up having to do due to... Um, you know, a big mistake, but, you know, it worked all out in the end, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it worked out just fine. Uh, what we ended up doing was Bailey was selected at the 20th. We went down a couple more rounds, and we're kind of discussing it, and um, we ended up making a trade in which Bailey went to SmackDown. Luke Harper came to Raw, but I also got his pick. Well, then it ended up being that that pick ended up being Hideo Itami, so um, that ended up working out really well for me. I was pretty happy with that. So um, I definitely say that Luke Harper was a great pickup. Um, another guy is Hideo Otami and Finn Balor, who I think are going to come in and, and be really special for me. Um, with my last pick, I made a wild card pick of The Rock. Um, I think that there's a lot of um, discussion about how he's going to be utilized over the next couple months. Um, also picked up Sting. And uh, Rick Flair, another guy, uh, you know, we added in these guys that are just going to be specialty picks. Um, Rick Flair is going to be a guy that I'm going to utilize right here at the beginning um, of our time as we go through this booking contest. And then, uh, You know, I I was really happy to get Paige at number 29. I was looking for some more divas, and especially after I had made that uh, Bailey trade, um, I was looking for somebody to come in and take over that spot, and and there she was. So it worked out pretty well. Um, Obviously, you know, omissions and stuff like that, that just happens. Um, Steven, you know, you and I were working together on this list a little bit and making sure everything was set, and, you know, stuff like that goes on. So who out of the supplemental picks are you feeling pretty good about uh, as you drafted?
1: Yeah, um, I, we added the injured guys in. So I was able to pick up some people that wouldn't come until later, like uh, the Usos and Sami Zayn and uh, Eric Rowan. So those guys kind of really help out. Um, I got Zeb Coulter as my manager to kind of uh, lead my heel stable, which I was kind of good at. One thing I noticed when I was all done was that I had about twenty baby faces and about five heels, so I had to uh, do some rejiggering in there. That wasn't very good. Um, my main, uh, you know, wild card pick as an old timer uh, was Steve Austin, who I um, basically just brought in to be in the Undertaker's corner at WrestleMania. Um, that was the whole purpose of that. Um, I like my announce crew. I ended up with. Um, Byron Saxton and Corey Graves, uh and uh Jason Albert there is a kind of a interviewer and Tom Phillips too. Um one of them could be a three man booth or they can, you know, one be the heel interviewer, one be the babyface interviewer, like they used to have that. Um, some type of situation like that. Even Jason Albert as like a expert uh event center guy or something, <laughs> you know, that could work. But uh I think on all, all um you'll you'll see uh, I got a, an interesting roster, very different roster than uh, Derek. So we'll see how that plays out.
0: Absolutely. I guess I didn't, you know, get a chance to you know, reiterate that. Um, I was pretty happy. I mean, I'm not the biggest Michael Cole fan, but I've been listening to a lot of his stuff from back in the early two thousands. And I think that there's promise for him. Uh, the problem is that raw is such a produced show that he needs to do whatever he's told. Um, joining him in the broadcast booth is going to be William Regal. Um, and I think that he's a guy that will hopefully pull some of that out of Cole, and he can also be a clear cut heel, so that Cole doesn't have to mend that or walk that fine line. You know what I mean? And then yeah. um, Renee Young is going to be backstage. I think she's beautiful, and uh, she's just a great talent for the WWE.
1: Oh, definitely, definitely. So uh, the first show. This September.
0: You ready to get to that? Absolutely. Alright. This is how we're gonna this is kinda how I have it envisioned. Um we do go every other month with uh our shows, except for when we have the you know you know, branded shows together with Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, and then WrestleMania. Um so the way that I kind of book this out is I'm gonna talk to you about what my big angles are, talk about Night of Champions, and then talk about my RAW that would lead in or you know, kind of lead into October. So um, Night of Champions is kind of already set in stone, so um, I would have to be taking it from the uh, the foundational piece. I do like Seth Rollins versus Sting. I think that there's some merit to that contest, and I think that um, what I want to utilize out of this is Ric Flair. Um, I want Ric Flair to kind of be a character on television right now because I really like... Um, the idea of the faction, the the regime, whatever you want to call it, with um, Triple H and Stephanie running Raw, I want to kind of put some people around them that could be utilized the right way. And two of those people are Curtis Axel and The Big Show. I think that there is a lot of history behind those two. And there's something where... I would like to pull that out of them by using a guy like Paul Heyman. Now, I know that we've tried the failed experiment of the you know, the Paul Heyman guy. I know that the big show has been twisted and turned so many times, but I want to bring those guys back as a, a legitimate threat, a, a corporate-style team in which Paul Heyman is getting extra funds or however you want to do it so that he's making those guys his people and uh, Triple H is giving them the rub. Um, I do think that there's some promise with Axel and Big Show. Could you see something like that, Stephen?
1: Yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, it'd, it'd be interesting. Um, Axel was having this great string of matches when he was on Superstars as like uh, um, this really good short match wrestler. Big Show is always really good in a tag team, uh, so there is some potential. Um, obviously a new day is money, so I, I really think you could put anyone against a new day right now and it would be entertaining, so.
0: Yeah, and, and I look at, um, a new day right now and, and I saw this funny meme, I think it was on to to Kayfabe and it was like, uh, it had a picture of Big East sitting, sitting there and it's like, try not to act like we're the most over heels in the world right now or something like that, you know, like, and it was really funny because they're so entertaining and people... Really kind of go against them. But I think a lot of people cheer for them anyways. You know what I mean? It's like a love-hate relationship. And so what I want to well, use is...
1: essentially the new edge in Christian.
0: Mm-hmm. If you want to think of it that way. And I, I think that you want to kind of slowly... Because they can really be good guys for you in the long run. I don't see them being heels... I think that they're already tweeners. So I'd like that that turn to come with some real big, a big punch in the face, if you will. And I think that's where you can utilize somebody like The Big Show and Curtis Axel as just real heels that take away from the fans. Um, And, you know, that's that's one of the big feuds I want to start off with. Um, Another guy that I'm bringing in is Samoa Joe. Um, I'm a huge Samoa Joe fan. I really like what he's done uh with the United States Championship that's vacant right now um and I'm looking at some guys who can hopefully fill that void somebody that could use that title for a while and then of course I've got the, the Divas Championship Nikki um and you know I wanna I wanna set my mark with what's gonna happen. Um, I know that whenever I book the finishing I start at the end and I work my way back. So how do I get to it? Um, so let's go to Knight of Champions here. Uh, we're gonna be at the Toyota Center in Houston and um let's start at the at the top or the top of the card or the bottom of the card but uh the opening match is the yeah. <laughs> the opening match is going to be a US title scramble match. I remember a couple of years ago they did these at the Night of Champions. I really liked the concept. Um now is this stolen from ROH?
1: Um I think their scrambles were a little different. Uh depending on what rules you're doing here for the scramble <laughs>
0: I'm I'm doing the basic. I think it's a 25 minute match. Start with two guys. Every five minutes, somebody comes in, and then you have five minutes with everybody. Uh, whomever has the pinfall is the champion at the end.
1: Yeah, that's a WWE original. Yeah, the the Ring of Honor Scramble was just uh, a bunch of people in the same match, and it might have been elimination. But I don't. As far as I remember, I could be completely wrong because yeah. it's been like 10 years since I remember watching any of
0: those. Uh, um, uh, there is one concept I wanted to just share with you real quick, Stephen. One thing I did in the Territory Wars was a, an Ultimate Survival match, and it would be for two titles on the line at one point. And I always did it with the U.S. and the Intercontinental Championship, and I'd have five guys involved. Well, the U.S. champion and the U.S. or the IC champion would be in, and then it would be the top three contenders. The first man to make a pinfall or submission in that match would become the Intercontinental Champion, and then he would be eliminated. And then after that, it would turn into a Battle Royal or kind of a Final Four status where you could use over the top eliminations and pinfall submissions, and then the last man standing would be the U.S. Champion. Um, That was something I wanted to utilize, but I didn't really have, obviously, I didn't have that secondary title to do it um, here with these guys. Um, but you know, just a, a fun concept. And here with the scramble, I've got a couple of guys who I think could really put on a fun match. Um, Stardust and Damian Sandow, um, two of my veterans there. Uh Adrian Neville, who's definitely been a guy who's been on TV quite a bit now, and you know, he's he's making a pretty decent run out of himself, somebody that can bump around. And then I would have Kevin Owens come out and say, you know, that he's the rightful US heavyweight champion. Um, he's a guy that's beaten John Cena before and he's the one that should be the rightful champion right now. And during that time, a, the lights go out and then all of a sudden we see the debut of Finn Balor and he is our, our fifth and final entrant in the scramble. Um, I think that I can go a couple of different ways, ways with Owens or Balor during this. Um, but I really want to solidify that, uh, that title reign, and I want to put it on somebody that I can I can feel really comfortable with, and that's Kevin Owens. I really am high on him, and I want to put that title on him. And he's going to win it really cheaply at the end, um, but he's the guy that's walking out as the United States champion. My next matchup is Samoa Joe versus uh, King Barrett. Um, kind of Barrett would be talking about, you know, how he rules everything in the WWE and um, he rules all over the world and talks about how, you know, his ancestors have ruled all over the world. I would play something into that with Samoa Joe coming in um, and kind of playing off that angle. I like Samoa Joe going over King Barrett here. You know, definitely a guy who's been around the block a time or two. And I could see this being a really stiff, tough match and definitely a feud that could last for a while. Um, and then my third match would be Tag Team Championships. Again, I talked about Axel and the Big Show coming in. I don't know if I give them the titles right here, but I definitely make them make a mark. Um, I have Mercury and, um, Noble out there to kind of mess with Xavier Woods. Kofi and Biggie are in the match. I definitely have Paul Heyman in there somewhere instrumental. Um, in the end, the Big Show and Axel are standing tall, um, after they've taken out the New Day, and it's almost solidified that turn for them where the New Day are are kind of my most over baby faces in terms of tag teams at this point because of them having to go against the establishment. Um, And then my Divas Championship, uh, Nikki versus Charlotte. Um, Again, I want to do kind of a slow build with this. Um, There was a part of me that wanted to put Paige in this matchup, but I'm going to have her just be outside the ring doing some commentary, talking about how Charlotte comes close, but Nikki finds a way to win. Um, really, it's going to be Bree that, that is the catalyst for, for that title not changing hands, um, but it's going to lead to something bigger. Now, my two big matches here at the top. Um, the first thing, <laughs> I've got John Cena and Dean Ambrose versus the Dudley Boys. I'm sure That's some pe- what's that? <laughs> Bizarre. Yeah, I'm sure some people are wondering what the hell's going on. Well, the Dudley boys are another group of people in which there's going to be something that comes out of them. And I want to make that kind of slow. And what's going to happen is um, Cena and Ambrose are prob- are going to control this match with no problem. Uh, Devon Dudley, in my opinion, is the kind of guy who can uh, you know be utilized in many different ways. But Bully Ray is somebody who I want to push over the top. And I'm going to have Ambrose or Cena, probably Cena, take out Devon for the win. It's going to be a nice, hard-fought match. Um, But in the end, Ambrose and Cena just kind of shake hands, and it's just a good buddy-buddy. Um, You know, both of these guys are looking for a shot at Seth Rollins down the line. Um, and the big thing that comes after this matchup is as the Dudleys are coming to the back, you get, get that little vignette of uh, Triple H talking about, you know, Bubba, Bubba Ray needs to cut the fat, and Bubba kind of hints at what that what that means, and then that'll move us into our uh, build towards Survivor Series and uh, a next big Raw, and then the main event: Seth Rollins versus Sting. Uh Rick Flair is involved here a little bit talking about the history of the WWE Championship, being a world champion, knowing that Sting is a guy that has beat him. Um, and he's a guy that's beat Sting, and he's kind of utilizing that with Rollins, you know, giving him some pointers and also letting him know about his greatest, uh, you know, his greatest foe here with Sting. And um uh, I, I like Seth Rollins going over here. Um, I think that there's plenty for for us to do more with him. I think he's a great champion right now. Um, definitely the king of the kick, uh, chicken shit heels. Um, and, and he goes over um, a, as we continue to utilize this one world champion and uh, how we move him around. Um, out of that, again, we have this We have this unit of Triple H um, with Stephanie. They've got Noble and Mercury and Rollins. They've got Axel and Big Show and Heyman kind of as, um, you know, over there in the corner guys that they can pull in. And then they've also got um, – Bully Ray, who who they're talking to, so a lot of things are coming out of this show, um, and I like where we're going to be going uh, to to build up to that. So um, that's kind of my first big RAW. Stephen, is there anything you want to talk about SmackDown here for the month of September?
1: Um, no, it's just setting things up. Um, uh, make sure it has a different feel. Uh, there's no pre-made like matches that are booked that night. Like everything the main event of every SmackDown is announced on the SmackDown before it, so you know what you're getting. (laughs) Um, There's not really, on SmackDown itself, there's, it's more of a focus on, like, six-man tags, tag matches, or people on different levels facing, so you don't have, like, you know, you're two big guys facing on SmackDown and then again, facing on the pay-per-view. They're kind of, if they're going to square off on TV, it's going to be in multi-man tags or something. So it's just kind of got a different feel with a, a lot of variety. Um, and, and the only really main thing on is September that's starting up is uh, the ice, the intercontinental tag team title tournament, uh, not tournament, sorry. It's a best of seven between the primetime players and the Usos. Cause They're the former tag team champions, so they have a best of seven to determine who's going to be the first IC tag uh, title uh, holders. And uh, the women – I'm keeping Bailey in the sidelines for now. She's kind of – she's going to work out some dates on NXT until um, more into November. So she's kind of there, but the women are just kind of battling back and forth where Sasha is kind of the main heel – uh, Emma kind of a secondary heel, Natalia and Becky are kind of the main baby faces and um, they mix it up like that. Uh, the other, I guess, main thing is that uh, with Paul Heyman gone to raw, um, Brock Lesnar brings in uh, Zeb Coulter as his, uh, his new manager. He scores the deal, I guess Coulter uh, buys out the contract from Heyman or something along those lines. <laughs> and, oh yeah, Shane McMahon, the the general manager is, he makes announcements, but he's not, like, coming into the ring and <laughs> breaking things up and then saying, oh, tonight these two are facing. It's yeah. more, um, you know, next week we're going to have these guys go at it and stuff like that. So that's okay. kind of the, more of a different focus than what Raw has been.
0: Steven, this is just a quick question for you. When you think about the best wrestling television shows that you've ever watched, what what would you put up there as a top thing that you want to kind of utilize yourself after?
1: man there's always so many uh um (laughs) like there's parts of tv shows i really like but there's also uh parts of tvs i don't really like i really like the way lucha does it where um it's six man tags if two people in a few they're on the other side but they're not having their one-on-one match until a really big show um and then you can cycle people up and down the card pretty easily that way so i do enjoy that weekly tv but i do like a lot of um Like, something like NXT has a lot of weeks where it's kind of squash matches, building to bigger matches, and that kind of stuff. So, but, like, an ideal TV show. You know, there's been parts where, like, Raw in 97 had, like, this amazing Heart Foundation U.S. storyline, right? Yeah. But the undercard was utter shit. So, you know, Nitro, Nitro was pretty good for a while where they had a lot of variety up and down the cards, and the NWO... Uh, but they were blowing away big matches on TV. So there's always, you know, nothing's been perfect.
0: I guess sadly. one of the things that I think about is the old um, NWA Saturday nights and stuff like that where um, you kind of had that preset card. You got your promos. You got some squashes, but you also had some some marquee contests. Um, really just kind of putting over that style of a show is what I'd like to do. I don't think. I could do that all the way with Triple H and, and company, but um, still kind of playing that off, you know. Um, and I, I'd like to have my matches set in stone that week and maybe talk about, you know, the bad thing about Raw is that you've got to do that damn 25-minute angle at the beginning, and I hate that. So that'd be something I'd like to try to, you know, kind of go with differently Um So, October is your month, Steven. Um, Why don't you run through your your build-up for your pay-per-view, and when you're done, then I'll talk about what I've got going on uh, for Raw in the month of October as we head into uh, Survivor Series. Yeah, so the way I
1: think I'm going to do this is I'm going to um, go through each match in order on the card and kind of what led up to that match. Uh, So, the opener is going to be the finals of the best of seven between the primetime players and the Usos. Sorry. And the the Usos get the win here in a, you know, a really good opener. Primetime players were playing subtle heel, but they're both kind of uh, babyface teams at this point. So, um, but yeah, this feud's been basically all just in the ring. They've had three wins each in this best of seven series, so this was the finale. Uh, so uh, the Usos are the first Intercontinental Tag Team Champions. Um, the second match is uh, Tyler Breeze and Goldust. So, Goldust is back from injury, Tyler Breeze is, you know, making his debut on the main roster. And, um, you can just imagine a Tyler Breeze, Goldust angle, like <laughs> Tyler Breeze talking about being pretty. Goldust looks the way he looks like a weirdo. You can, um, he's making his comeback. He's trying to make one last run. Breeze is making fun of his outfits. Goldust, you know, he can do some high fashion, silly outfits too. Uh, it all leads to a match here where, uh, Breeze wins and, Goldess is working on the road every week, trying to get him ready for something bigger, hopefully. Uh, next up, um, Cesaro, uh, you know, he's still the baby face, still in his big push. Ryback, kind of in the same position here. Um, and a little before this, they're, they're, uh, they've teamed up a few times. They've had some issues, but... Um, the week before this, we get uh, Ryback. Uh, no, how am I going to do this? No, this is still a babyface babyface match. With Cesaro wins, and he gets the Intercontinental Title going forward. Um, Ryback was very like uh, has a little bit of a fit after this match, kind of destroys some things. Um, is that kind of uh, situation where Ryback loses, and he's not very he's not very sportsman like about it? So we'll move on here. Uh, next up, we have uh, Rusev and Dolph Ziger. This is an angle that's been going on uh, for a long time. At this point, it's been going on since um, uh, Lana turned and Summer Rae was brought in with Rusev. They're still together. Lana's not. She's on uh, Raw. So Dolph Ziger's just by himself. And this is uh, Rusev getting another win here, looking very strong. This is the kind of the start of Rusev looking like a dominant beast. And uh, he gets the big hit here on Dolph, gets a little bit of a revenge for all that Lana stuff. Um, And this is that going forward. We have uh, Roman Reigns, who is, um, he's kind of been, you know, he's been winning, but he's been getting beat up a lot. And here he has another big challenger of Mark Henry. Uh, Mark Henry turned on him, beat him up. Mark Henry, Used to be the king of SmackDown. Used to reign this show. He had the Hall of Pain. He had such a great run, uh, and he's a, he's a monster. And he now that he's back on SmackDown wants to regain that kind of um, that kind of skills. So uh, he's he's here and he wants to take out the new young gun of Roman Reigns, and uh, but he can't because it's Roman Reigns and he is you know our star going forward. <laughs> so uh, Mark Henry uh, does not get the win over Roman Reigns. Uh, next up, we got the, the world title match. Um, uh, this being uh, Seth Rollins is the traveling champion. Sheamus uh, is named the number one contender. Uh, Seth Rollins is able to... Uh, they're both kind of heels here, so it's this is why this match is not near the main event here. It's a couple matches down. But uh, they're both heels here, and Seth Rollins is able to... Uh, che- they're kind of both trying to cheat their way to win. So it's kind of like an out cheating match. But Seth Rollins wins. Um, Sheamus though, because he's Money the Bank winner, um, immediately like attacks him with a chair and then does um, wants his Money the Bank challenge. Um, but as the match is called, Seth Rollins actually uh, cheats his way to another victory. So Seth Rollins two victories over Sheamus here keeps the world title um, going forward. Uh, then we have two more matches here. The we're we're not going to call them both main events because the main event is huge here. But we have the the, uh, the four best women on SmackDown are going to go for the WWE Women's Title here. Um, I just watched the Scenic Invitational. We did a big review of it on this week in wrestling. Uh, we talked about two for about two hours on it. So check out that show that came out. Um, a great, great show, but the main, the, the finals of that tournament is a four-way match, but it's a four-way match where um, it's elimination style, and people have to tag in and tag out. There's only two people in the ring at the time, and I thought, if you're going to do a multi-man match, that kind of is the best of both worlds, because you get so many interesting storylines coming into that, and it kind of... Um, it, allows it not to have the problems that a lot of these multi-man matches have where people lying around or they're just brawling anywhere and you can't see anything and all that kind of stuff. So this is the the four way for that. It's Sasha Banks, Natalia, Emma, and Becky Lynch. And Sasha Banks gets the win, gets the women's title. Um, She was able to pin um, Emma here. Natalia and Becky both were close to winning, but couldn't, um, Wait a second. Yeah. Okay. Let me rephrase that here. Uh, Sasha cheats her way over Natalia and Becky. She actually, um, Natalia is the last one, uh, eliminated here. So the finals is Sasha Banks and Natalia. Emma and Becca go out earlier. Um, Emma was pinned by, uh, Becky, but Becky was, uh, cheated out by Sasha. And then Sasha cheated out, uh, Natalia to win the women's title. Uh, long match where they get lots of time and they, uh, these four would deliver if they're not being sabotaged like they currently are. And then the main event, um, the way things ended at SummerSlam, we needed another Undertaker Brock Lesnar match. Um, obviously that's destined for WrestleMania. I think the only way you can get around it, not being at WrestleMania is if, because this is, um, the brand extension. This is the first SmackDown only Pay per view, so they need something big, and I think this is a kind of a cheat way to get that in here. So you have a Hell in the Cell match between Brock Lesnar, Undertaker. Um, Brock's got uh, Zeb Coulter in his corner. Um, they have the match that they can have, the best they could do. Lots of blood. Um, under they, they do a thing at the end where they both kind of knock each other out, but Undertaker falls on top for the win. So. Undertaker wins, but he wasn't, he didn't dominate the Brock Lesnar. They were both knocked out, but Undertaker was the one that landed on top. So he gets the pin. Um, Brock Lesnar is able to get to back by himself. Undertaker has to go out with some help. So that's that. That was a hell in the cell. That was, um, I like to call Halloween havoc because I hate pay-per-views that are named after a gimmick match when it's annual because I found that so silly. Although what I did was put in Hell in a Cell in October. So it's still the same thing. But it's like six days before Halloween. So Halloween Havoc, SmackDown, in the Staples Center. uh, Big, big show. What do you think, Derek?
0: Absolutely. I like it a lot. Um, I like the idea of the IC tag titles. Um, I really enjoy Cesaro's push that you've got going on there and some continuation with Bruce Evans Ziggler. And then uh, Roman Reigns, um, the writing's on the wall for him. He... (sighs) It, it kind of stinks about how things went for him last year uh, with the Daniel Bryan stuff. Um, but I definitely think that, you know, he's, he can make another play at it. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm all on board with that. Um, I, I like what you've got going there, the way that you're utilizing everybody on the roster. Um, Brock and Zeb would be quite an interesting pair to see. Yeah. Uh, um, that would be needless to say. Um, but definitely some fun stuff, and what a way to kick off SmackDown, um, especially with Taker and Brock in the, uh, in the Hell in a Cell. Um, and I, I guess I don't mind Taker going over. I think a lot of fans are still hurt by that WrestleMania loss. Um,
1: hey, we have to do something logical. If this was my way, I would have Brock beat him in two minutes, and that would be the end of the end Taker. We'd never see him again. Um, yeah, I, I agree. We have, to, we have to follow some logic here. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Um, well, Stephen, I'm going to talk a little bit about Raw in the month of October. Um, two guys that you'll notice I did not utilize on my Night of Champions were Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. This is a feud that I think could be very special uh, between these two, and I would be kicking that off um, early in October, Or, you know, or in September, I would actually have Randy Orton get taken off a TV. I don't want Randy Orton to be around for a while. Um, No one
1: does.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I've always been a fan of him, but I just don't, I don't know. I think that he needs a break. It's kind of like John Cena. In reality, John Cena needs to take six months off. But there's no way that they could do that, you know. He could come back and be super hot, but he, he needs some time off in order to get there. So, um, But I'm going to have Randy Orton take some time off. Now, in the first part of October, the, the Wyatts are going to do something because I've got uh, Bray, Harper, and then Braun. And they're going to do something that I think a lot of people have been waiting for. And they're going to um, get their hands on Bo Dallas. And they're going to take Bo and uh, kind of almost acolyte-ish, uh, Ministry of Darkness-ish, um, take him to the back. And over the course of October, you're going to see the transformation of Bo Dallas into um, Bo Wyatt, pretty much, is what's going to happen. Um, he's going to go through this transformation where they're going to be having... Um, you know some vignettes of him having to kind of do almost some. I almost want to put some like Jake the Snake Ultimate Warrior style promos together with him. You know, you know, making Bo find his breaking point um, and, and really transforming him into uh, not quite the Spike Dudley of the Dudley Boys, but uh, you know, definitely the younger brother who is willing to do anything in order to appease his older sibling. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I just had an idea like, you know, it'd be interesting. Um, you didn't go this route, but this is another route you can do. Um, you know, Bo Dallas does all these motivational speaks, uh, about how you have to believe mm-hmm. and all this stuff. What if, um, all of this motivational speaks is to get you to follow the cult leader, Bray Wyatt.
0: Absolutely. And, and, like, and that-
1: like, he doesn't have to change his character. It's just, instead of, Everything talking about following him and his beliefs is just following his Bray Wyatt's beliefs.
0: And to take that, that, to way take to go. that a step further, um, it, it would be almost that, that ending angle of Bo getting out of captivity somehow and him coming out to Raw and kind of looking so disheveled. And he, and he pulls his hair back. He's got that nice long hair. And he says – I finally believe. I believe in the Wyatt family. And then he really starts to put that, like you just said, that angle of of pushing what you know Bo or you know Bray stands for um, and, and really being that motivational speaker type for them, like you said, um while also kind of transforming his character. Obviously we'd have to do something with his ring gear, but um you know definitely you could utilize him in that way. Um, as the, the the smaller guy in that group and, and somebody to really um, put over during that time. Um, so that's one of my angles I've got going. Randy Orton, um, you know, we're definitely trying to build him back into the process at some point. Um, this angle with the New Day and uh, Axel and Big Show, and it's not Axel Show or any stupid shit like that, um, you know, we're, we're building that back up. I'm actually going to have a tag title swap. Um, on Raw after Night of Champions, in which Big Show and Axel win the tag team titles to really solidify that. Um, I, I really want them to go over and be a strong tag team uh, contender uh, or champion for a while. Um, also, uh, Charlotte and Paige are going to get embroiled with this, you know nasty Bella feud. Um, that's going to be taking over Raw, you know, with, with their matches. I think that there's some pretty decent contests to come out of there. Um, and I also like to utilize Triple H kind of in that role and, and Rick Flair talking about, you know, maybe Charlotte does, you know, it's almost like kind of hinting towards Ric Flair, um, you know, walking that fine line and Triple H saying, maybe Charlotte isn't good enough to be a champion. Um, and that kind of turns Ric Flair against Triple H, and company and that's going to set up our big Survivor Series main event. Um, also, I'm going to be having Bully Ray turn into Bully Ray. He's going to be taking on Devon and just taking him completely out of the picture. Um, I, I'm not a big Devon fan. I'm actually not a big Bully Ray fan because I've met him in real life. He's kind of a jerk. Um, but I, I want him to be kind of my uh, unspoken leader uh, in that group. So he's going to be being utilized at almost a main event level, um, taking on any and all comers, and and being an unstoppable force. I, I want him to be um, this catalyst of destruction. Um, a lot of six-mans with the New Day versus Bully, Show, and Axel. I think those could be some fun matches, some tag-team matches, singles matches. Um, also, during that time, I've got Dean Ambrose, who is turning into this, this piece of dynamite that keeps exploding all over... Um, all over the roster, all over Raw. He's going to be, you know, making Seth Rollins and Triple H just rue the day. Um, he's going to maybe get a couple of shots at Rollins, but he's also going to be the major catalyst for Bully during that time. Rollins is going to continue to be the champion, but it's going to be signed uh, that at Survivor Series, it's going to be Cena versus Rollins for the WWE title. Um, in that time. We're going to see that transformation of Ric Flair, and Ric Flair is going to be the one that's talking to John Cena about how important it is to be a 16-time world champion. He's going to be the one that's saying, John, if anybody could do it, it is you, and, and really putting over like what he stands for and what he is and um, really being that ca- extra catalyst for him. Um, I, I could see some really good promos uh, out of Ric Flair during this time, pushing that. And meanwhile, while he's doing that, he's also pushing Charlotte in that right direction too. Um, during this time, I, I, I want to see Paige get her hands on the uh, the women's championship. I think she's a great, great wrestler. I think she's super, you know, sexy in that role with the way that she talks and acts and everything that she does. So I want to utilize her there. And then um, on the undercard, Samoa Joe and King Barrett—they go through a nice little series. Um, also, I'm I'm continuing to push Balor uh, and Neville. Um, as United States champion contenders, but, um, Kevin Owens is kind of steamrolling his way through this roster as a, as the U.S. champion. Um, not losing the title, being a completely different champion than Seth Rollins is. Um, and also a guy that Triple H kind of gives his rub to, a guy that Paul Heyman, you know, kind of gives his rub to as well. Somebody that they both want to, they both want to utilize at some point. Um, so, Steven, I guess when you're getting done with Halloween Havoc, is there anything on SmackDown that you're putting over as we get to our Survivor Series card? Um, the main
1: thing, because uh, the rest of the stuff is either little continuations or um, I'll talk about the, uh, the women's match as we get to it, but the main kind of thing is Zeb Coulter um, forming his little group. So he comes back with Jag Swagger, obviously, um, so he has Swagger, he has Lesnar, Ryback, and Henry both lost on the last pay-per-view. They both feel like they need uh, new direction. Um, that's when they join up with Seb Coulter. So Seb has got his own uh, four-man group, uh, Brock Lesnar, Ryback, Jack Swagger, and Mark Henry. Um, so that's kind of the main heel stable. So lots of six-man tags on TV with those uh, those four, um, and of course Cesaro is one of their main opponents because Cesaro used to be with Zeb Coulter and uh, he's kind of been uh, turned on by them. And uh, you have the Primetime players who are uh, trying to get—you know—they're one of the top tag teams, so obviously um, uh, the, the Zeb Coulter's team—you know—they're trying to get a tag team title shot in the future. So Primetime players is a a threat to them as well. Uh, and, you know, every baby face on the roster is uh, going against this group. This is the, the main hill stable. Think dangerous Alliance era 92 uh, WCW as like a template.
0: Absolutely. And that's a, that's a pretty nasty group to try and to go against because of how big and strong they are. So um, I like that. I like that a lot. Do you have a name for them? <sighs> like
1: there's no, I, I can't think of a good name because like, you know Dutch Mantel, um, I don't know, but his name's Zeb Coulter. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: You know to, Like, I guess you have you could call them the real Americans because you have uh, Olympian, you have the real American American.
0: You have an all-American you have Brock Lesnar, wrestler.
1: who uh, an all-American and Ryback. So you could call them the real Americans if you really wanted to, but I don't really want to go as a as a hateful American group. So. You know, insert your own name in there. Zeb's, Zebs Team or whatever you want to call them. Uh stable I need more a week. <laughs>
0: Um awesome. All right, so let's go to Survivor Series. Um Phillips Arena in Atlanta. Um obviously the, the main catalyst for me at this show is um is Atlanta, WCW Country, Ric Flair really putting this over one of my big angles coming into the show is that the rock makes a special appearance, um, beforehand and they kind of really push that idea of rock versus triple H, um, and kind of put that on the forefront. I think that there's a lot, there's something to be had there with those guys that we're going to get to down the line. But, um, that's a, that's my first instance of, of really putting that together. And that's a catalyst for one of my matches that I have. Um, And then we go to, when we get to the card, um, do you kind of want to go in the order that we have it here? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. All right. So start us off with the opener then.
1: Okay. So the opener, um, is my women's, uh, I have all Survivor Series matches. I have three matches. They're all Survivor Series elimination style. Um, hopefully with lots of time. Uh, so the main thing is (laughs) here, I was able to draft team bad altogether, um, I'm thinking Tamo, uh, Tamina uh, doesn't really wrestle much. Um, Naomi is more of a background character. It's all about Sasha with Team Bad, um, but one person they really pick on is uh, Blue Pants, who uh, kind of a jobber, but Team Bad is really roughing her up all the time. So Blue Pants, um, so Team Bad gets Emma in their corner, and Blue Pants forms her own team. She uh, is able to get Natalia and Becky Lynch on her side. Uh, but coming into the pay-per-view, they don't have a fourth woman for this match. So, uh, you know, the match, it looks like it's going to be a four on three, but right before the match, uh, blue pants announces that she's finally found the fourth member of their team. And here's the debut of Dale, uh, Bailey in, uh, the WWE. So Bailey comes out as the fourth member. She looks really good. Uh, and she ends up being, uh, she ends up being the sole survivor here, taking out Emma at the end. Uh, Sasha uh, was got a surprise, uh, got pinned by Natalia um, earlier in the match. So Bailey, in her debut, is the sole survivor here.
0: Nice. Um, we go on to the next Survivor Series match, is a Raw match, and this is one that's been building for a while, like I've talked about. Um, Bo Wyatt has come into his own as a motivational speaker, really putting over what his brother's message is and what the family's messages um, in terms of what they want to accomplish on Raw. Um, I have the big comeback of Randy Orton. Um, you know, he's he's coming back with a lot of steam after being away for a while, um, and and that's going to be the major catalyst for those guys um, in that. In that feud, it's a it's a four on four. So Randy Orton's got to find some partners, and uh, he he actually goes uh, kind of against what he would. I, I could see him normally doing, and that would be uh, you know he'd be picking up Samoa or Samoa Joe, Adrian. <coughs> excuse me, Adrian Neville, and then Finn Balor. And one of the things that I see with these guys is Orton. Um, kind of utilizing his mind games here, um, utilizing the strength of Joe, the speed of Neville, and then the mind games of Balor, um, and looking at, at this Survivor Series matchup, um, and, and one of the things that I kind of go against the grain with is that I'm actually not going to have Orton win. Um, I'm going to have it come down to Bray and Bo versus Orton, and, um, and is a guy that I'm going to show off really well here. Samoa Joe is a guy that's going to get kind of that double elimination with Harper and, Str- and, and uh, Braun, um, and it's going to come down to to this. Baller's going to put together a great performance, just awesome, but he's going to come up short because it is Bray Wyatt, um, and then Bo Dallas is going to kind of, or Bo Wyatt is going to end up being kind of that sacrificial lamb that sets up Bray uh, beating Orton so that that feud is is really kicked off a lot with with some of the things that they're going to be having going in the future. So, how about our next SmackDown match?
1: Yeah, uh so another elimination. This is kind of the who's left over match besides the main two. Uh Sheamus uh and Roman Reigns. Um their feud erupts on uh SmackDown uh, a little before this pay-per-view. Um Sheamus obviously not happy of failing at two attempts to get the title. Uh, he takes it out on Roman Reigns, who he feels is the, um, the golden goose. So he, he uh, those two have been brawling all over the place, uh, but the matches Rusev, Sheamus, Tyler Breeze and Heath Slater versus Roman Reigns, uh, Goldust and the Usos. Um, Roman Reigns and Sheamus, uh, they get uh, double counted out here. Uh, and in the end, Rusev, uh, goes through, he's alone with the, with, uh, the Usos and, uh, Rusev is able to get the win here and be the sole survivor for his team.
0: Nice. And um. the,
1: the Tyler Breeze gold dust, uh, feud is just a little continuation here. So.
0: I I don't know if the word is feud or fiasco with those guys. You never know what you're going to get. Um, <laughs> but I definitely like the pairing. Um, so let's go to the fourth match here. Uh, I've got my uh, women's championship on the line, kind of the culmination of this little summer feud that's been going on, and that is a four-way between Paige, Charlotte, Nikki, and Bree. Um, I do kind of like the elimination style, so I'm going to go with that. Um, It's going to come down to Charlotte and Paige, and they're going to go at one another um, with everything they've got. I mean, these guys are going to get about seven or eight minutes to really showcase just how good of wrestlers they are after they get rid of the Bellas. And, um, again, Charlotte is going to come up just short, and she she's gonna um, she's gonna come up short against Paige, and Paige is gonna walk away with the title, and it's gonna be a very emotional loss for Charlotte because she's gonna have it so close; it's gonna be right at the tip of her fingers, but she's not gonna get it. And you can almost the the visual I have at the end is is Charlotte crying in her father's arms because she came up so close. Um, and I, I want to utilize that as I continue to move forward with these guys. Um, and then we go to uh, we go to the next match, which is my my big feud um, with kind of Team Triple H and Team Rock. Um, Rock gives Dean Ambrose uh, the rub, and uh, with that. He's going to, um, kind of be one of those guys that kind of jokes around with the New Day too. Like, I could see a fun interaction between the New Day and a rock. <laughs> um, so, rock put, yeah. <laughs> could you see that? Well. Wow
1: right now I can see the new day being a fun interaction with anyone. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And the rock can be funny. So exactly. You know, right I could see that there.
0: being just an interesting thing and, and kind of putting over how Ambrose has been such a, a fun guy to watch and a guy that just kind of raises hell all over the place. So my big four on four here is team captains, Dean Ambrose, you know, Stephen, we should have done that. We should have done the Vince McMahon, growly voice, putting over all, all these teams. But, uh, for, for Oh, the yeah. Future, for the future. I can't do impersonations. No. So. Well, for the future, we're going to have to do it that way. Um, so, team captains, Dean Ambrose, and Bully Ray are joined by... So, Ambrose is joined by The New Day, Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston, and then Big E. And then Bully is going to be joined by Kevin Owens, Big Show, and Curtis Axel. Um, and I think, without a doubt, it. I hate to kind of degrade The New Day, but... I want it to come down to Bully Ray versus Bully Owens and show and Axel versus Ambrose. Um, and And maybe Axel is kind of the sacrificial lamb here, but I want Ambrose to make that big Shawn Michaels esque comeback, um, only to only to come up short again because I've kind of got to push, um, got to push this Triple H thing, and it's got to give Rock a reason to come back. And Ambrose is gonna he's gonna fall to to those three guys, uh Bully Ray, Kevin Owens and Big Show. But he's gonna get his he's gonna get his momentum back when he comes back after they've won. Um cleans house with the chair, um or whatever and and sends those guys kind of packing. But uh definitely lost the battle. But the war's far from over with these guys. So um I, I'm excited for for what will will come out of that. Um but definitely um you know putting over this stable that Triple H has kinda put together. So um talk about our sixth uh our, our co-main event, if you will, for uh, the Survivor Series. Yeah, yeah.
1: So uh, we have the Zeb Coulter's team of Brock Lesnar, Ryback, Swagger, and Henry. Uh, and he's taking on Cesaro, uh, Dolph Ziggler, and the primetime players. And uh, the main thing coming out of this is that Brock Lesnar – oh, man, I did that in the opener. I can't do that again, can I? <laughs> I, I wanted the main heel to be uh, – take it out early. Uh, this time Brock Lesnar gets himself disqualified because he's destroyed a couple people or, or something like that. And Cesaro gets to win. I might need to change that. I'm not sure. Cause it sounds very similar to the opener. So, uh, yeah. Well, I think we'll, that we'll go could, with that for now, yeah, but it, 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 I think you can <laughs> still be u- a problem. Here. Yeah.
0: Utilize, you know, Cesaro coming back big, but Brock even getting himself disqualified. You know
1: what? I got this. I know. got it. I changed it here. Um, it comes down to Brock Lesnar and Ryback versus Cesaro. Um, Cesaro is able to, uh, defeat Ryback. Um, but you know, Ryback had like, I guess, the uh, the team there has worked on his leg all match, so Swagger, Swagger with his ankle lock and all that stuff. So in the end it's Brock Lesnar and Cesaro, but Cesaro's got the injured leg and Brock is able to, uh, pick up the win, but Cesaro fought valiantly
0: there. Absolutely. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I really like what you've got going with Cesaro there. I think he's a, a Superman type that is going to be able to come back and and really be a strong character. Um, I'm interested to see how his promos would be, but uh, definitely uh, I'd say probably the driving force behind SmackDown right now, somebody that a lot of people are going to get behind. So um, it, it's interesting at that fight for the top, who is a bigger guy, him or Roman Reigns. So, uh, you know, I think you've got a little bit of, uh, of, of something to work out there, and, and we'll see how that plays out. Um the main event for Survivor Series in Atlanta, John Cena versus Seth Rollins, again, like I've talked about this big angle coming up, is Ric Flair pushing John Cena into that 16th and final title reign. Um, and, and he gets it. He beats Seth Rollins, who, in my opinion, has been a great champion. I think he's been a really good champion on TV. I actually on t- in real life, I don't want him to lose for a while. I think that they could really do something special with him. So, um, But Cena does go over. He wins the title for the 16th time. Ric Flair celebrates with him. And, uh, you know, kind of, it, it really changes the scope of the WWE at this point. Seth Rollins has now become a full-time Raw character. Um, John Cena is the traveling champion uh, to go on Raw and SmackDown. Um, so coming out of Survivor Series, Steven, what do you what do you have going on on SmackDown there in the month of December as we head into the Royal Rumble?
1: Uh, yeah, so uh, Natalia being the one to uh, beat Sasha uh, means she's uh, wants the title shot, and uh, uh, that's being built up on TV. Her uh, teaming with Becky, teaming with Bailey against Team Bad, those type of matchups uh, is going forward. Um, the other thing is Rusev, you know, he's on a tear. So we have the heel group on a tear, <laughs> Rusev on a tear, uh, and we have Roman Reigns and Cesaro not really losing. So we have all those kind of forces uh, into play uh, going into the Rumble. Um, we're, you know, we're trying to see who is going to win the Rumble. We got one of the members of the heel group. We got Rusev, we got Roman Reigns, and we got Cesaro as kind of the main people. And remember, we got the Roman Reigns-Sheamus feud um, on full force. So it's kind of... It's all talks about the Royal Rumble and headlining WrestleMania. And um, the heel group uh, trying to take the IC title from Cesaro is a a big part of it as well. And we've also got the development of a few new tag teams. Um, We got... Uh, let's see, we got Mark Henry and Swagger as uh, the heel, as the main tag team out of that heel group uh, going on as well. So, And Heath Slater is teaming up with Fandango, which I think would be a lot of fun.
0: Oh, yeah. I, wh- I guess utilizing Heath Slater, he's such a good character. Um, it's just, you know, he's just at a bad time. I don't know what the, the end game with him is, but um, he's definitely a guy that, that is entertaining on television, to say the least.
1: He's on TV every week in matches, so...
0: Exactly. There's, and there's no the hiding
1: thing. him on my show. Yeah. There's no hiding
0: him. Yeah, and that's the thing, though. Some guy I hate how people always say, well, this guy needs a push, this guy needs a push. Well, here's the thing. He Slater's been on television for the past, I mean, what, four years now, five years? Pretty consistently. Um... And he's a guy that he's on TV. I mean, there's only one really big television show right now, and and he's a guy that's on it pretty pretty consistently. So um, it's just about finding what his niche is and, and going from there, um, which is uh, which is pretty interesting, but definitely uh, something to utilize. So um, let's talk about Armageddon. Um, this is a show that for me starts to build at Survivor Series, and goes towards it. Um, one of the big things that I had happen um, is this idea of Charlotte and that emotional loss that she had. And the catalyst for this would be Ric Flair's emotional win with John Cena. Um, so, after the Survivor Series, it's kind of one of those those like internet special post things, but we see... Charlotte watching Ric Flair in the ring hugging uh, John Cena after he won the title. And just seeing how proud he was at that moment, you know what I mean? And the next night, Charlotte confronts Ric and talks about how when she needed him, he wasn't there. And, and, you know, really, it's kind of the opposite of what really happens because Flair's encouraging her the entire time. And Charlotte just pretty much puts over how she's going to do things her way. And there is no stopping her anymore. Um, and she's tired of, of playing second fiddle and, and she's, you know, she's gonna, she's gonna do the same thing that made her father famous. And it starts with, it starts this nasty blood feud with, with, uh, Paige. Um, I want Charlotte to be one of the meanest divas that we've ever had. Um, and somebody who is hell bent on getting that title, really playing off being the, the, um, you know the dirtiest player in the game, um, and and putting over just how nasty she could be. Um, so as I head in Armageddon, that's one of my big things. Again, I'm doing a lot with um, the Wyatt family, um, but I've kind of transitioned a little bit of of what's going on there. Um, so as I head into Armageddon in Boston, um, opening up the contest, I'd actually have Stardust versus Finn Balor. I think that there's um, something to be said about uh their ability to entertain the crowd in, in various ways and it'd definitely be a battle to paint there. Um I've got big plans for Balor, so he's a guy that's going to be going over. Um, I would also then have Barrett and Neville, which is something we've seen a little bit on TV. Um, but again, Barrett, you know, he's a guy that I want to do something with um and kind of, you know, takes Neville apart. Um, controls the contest, gives him a little bit, but, you know, he puts over how he is the real king and there's no stopping him. Um, going forward from there, that would be where I'd put the Charlotte versus, um, Paige showdown, um, in which Charlotte breaks every single rule that she can and Paige is left laying after Charlotte wins the match just in a dirty way. Um, in a way in which it's almost tainted who she's been for the past couple months, um, but she is now the women's uh, the Divas Champion, um, and she she walks back, and her dad Ric Flair is in the aisle, kind of shake, you know, just clapping and crying and so proud of her. And when she walks by him, she just snubs him, and and just walks. Walks away from a man. You know, I'd hate to say that she does the "you can't see me," but it's it's just like she just she just doesn't want anything to do with him. And um, I, I could see Ric Flair really being hurt by that and adding some more emotion into that um, into that little scheme that I have going on there. So uh, we go on one of the one of the big feuds that I would be utilizing is. You know, who is next in line for the tag team titles? And I actually have Harper and Strowman and Bo Wyatt versus the New Day. Um, I, I, I like the idea of what the New Day stands for against what the Wyatt family stand for. So, in that six man tag, it would almost be the winners get a shot at the champions as um, I've got Big Show and Curtis Axel hanging out at ringside, watching things go down. Um, The New Day is actually going over. I I like their upside, so I want to put that over. Um, And that's a few that's going to be carrying my television for a while, Um, getting two two matches out of it every week on on television. Um, I definitely want that. And then I get into these four matches that really put together what I have going on Raw. So, like I've talked about, Kevin Owens is a guy that has completely dominated everybody in his path, but he has yet to dominate this one guy, and that one guy is Samoa Joe. And I want these guys to go into Armageddon just ready for a just brawl that that can't be stopped. Um, and it would end up being one of those matches that kind of ends in the double DQ. Where you know neither man is giving the other one an inch, and and all hell breaks loose um, it's for the u s title, but um Owens and Joe just really throw everything on the line there. Um, neither man walks away the winner, but Owens still has the championship. The next match is Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt. This is their first time that I want them singly in the ring together. Um, Throughout all this this couple month build, um, they haven't been in their one on one yet. Um, so I, I want Wyatt and Orton to to really put some stuff together there. I'd like the Wyatt family to try and get involved in that, lead to Orton um, losing one more time. Um, I think that uh, you know there there's an interesting concept there of Orton you know having to fight against the odds to get his hands on Bray, um, but the you know, the excess of the Wyatt family keeps stopping him. So Bray's going over there. My seventh match on the card is uh, kind of my main catalyst, and that is Dean Ambrose versus Bully Ray, Um, two guys who I have got big plans for. um, And what I've got there is Bully Ray's ascension to the top of the card on Raw. He beats Ambrose here, um, you know, maybe not the the happiest uh, decision for the crowd, but uh, I like Ambrose being a chaser and somebody that's going to fight back, and um, I I wouldn't be opposed to seeing um, you know, Bully Ray having to cheat here, but definitely a hard-fought match, something a little chaotic, but in the end, Bully Ray is going over, and he is actually now the new number one contender for the heavyweight championship, and and uh, Triple H kind of puts that over uh, in this contest as the reason, as though they are wrestling. And then my main event, um, my traveling champion John Cena has been on Raw this month, and he's building towards his rematch with Seth Rollins. Um, this is actually, you know, going to be uh, a match in which it is a cage match. No, I, I, there's something, there's some kind of gimmick here um, because I, it's, it's Armageddon. I want it to be special. Um, it could be a TLC even, um, and, and I, I like the TLC contest. And and with that, Cena, uh, you know, defeats Rollins, you know, just by the the grips of, you know, getting the title back. Um, But he walks away champion, and uh, Rollins is is back down the ladder, pun intended. Uh, So he's got to figure out a way to get back his world world title. Um, And that kind of ends Armageddon. So coming out of Armageddon, my big thing's coming on Raw as we head into the Royal Rumble. I'm still pushing this Charlotte angle with her and her dad, the dysfunctional family. Really putting over how um, upset she is with him and, and what what he means to her and, and um, you know really putting over how she is the new dirtiest player in the game. I'm still pushing Owens versus Samoa Joe. Um, I'm getting Big Show and Axel involved in that feud. Um, I'm also getting uh, Balor and Neville. Um, involved in that feud. So having some six-mans. I've got the Wyatts versus the New Day and Randy Orton. And then, of of course, on top, I've got Bully Ray building up to his big contest with um, John Cena. And I've got Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins who now are looking to figure out a way to get in that main event. So um, let's head into the Royal Rumble, Steven. Um, I want you to talk about what you've got going on on SmackDown to lead into it, and then we'll go from there kind of in order and talk about the Rumble match.
1: You know, it's it's more of the same. Um, uh, basically, the Roman Sheamus feud is raging on Sasha and Natalia, uh, kind of the same thing, and then everyone else is just building up for the Rumble. So, um, the opening match of the pay per view is uh, uh, Roman Reigns and Sheamus. They've had they've been having these uh, tag fights, these six man tags. They've been having brawls post matches after they've won, um, and here. Uh, Shane McMahon said that the Rumble's not really big enough for the both of them, so they have a match here on the, to open the show. The winner gets into the Rumble, and the loser is not in the Rumble. Like, SmackDown only has 15 slots. Not everyone could be in it. So um, here, obviously, Roman Reigns wins, uh, but it's a nice long contest where Sheamus does a lot of damage. And post-match, Sheamus really uh, goes to work with a chair, bloodies him up, and uh, even though uh, Roman Reigns wins, um, he's not looking so great going into the, to the, the rumble itself.
0: All right. I really like it. I, I, I see a 2003 kind of thing there with Seamus and Roman big show, Brock kind of thing. And I think it worked out really well with that. So Roman reigns is in the rumble. Um, My next matchup here is a tag team title match, the New Day versus uh, Big Show and Curtis Axel. Um, Again, the New Day won that shot at Armageddon. Um, I think it comes down to a really nice, hard-fought battle, but in the end, um, a New Day falls up short in a way. They win the match, but it's by um, a disqualification, so Big Show and Axel keep the titles, but... uh, a new day, you know they they win the contest. War is far from over, so they're still looking to get their shot at those titles down the line.
1: All right, uh, the next match. Uh, this is uh, Sasha Banks defending the women's title against Natalia. They kind of play up that it's Natalia's really last big shot. She's been around for a long time. Uh, this is it. Tyson Kidd's in her corner, who hasn't been around for a while he's on crutches or whatever he needs to do to be out there. But they, they treat it as, you know, one last big shot, uh, for Natalia. And, you know, of course, Sasha wins cause she's awesome in a, uh, they get a lot of time and they build it up and Sasha looks pretty awesome coming out of this. Um, just having beat Natalia in a great match, hopefully.
0: And I, I didn't get a chance to get the divas on the card here, but I'm still pushing that angle of, of page and, and Charlotte and, um, you know, not having them on TV, but having them in the back. And, and Charlotte just talking about how nobody is good enough to challenge her. Um, even, you know, making fun of Sasha and and Natalia, saying that, you know, she's the real champion of all women um, in the WWE, and there's no one that's second to her um, just really putting herself over. Um, and that heads into our big main event, um, our co-main event, really, the WWE titles on the line. Um, when I think of this match, I think of John Cena versus Umaga, and I want that exact same kind of dynamic when John Cena faces Bully Ray. Um, it's it's that last man standing type feud. Um, Triple H has announced that it is no disqualifications, no countouts. There must be a winner. Not it's- a table match. No, not a table match. It is anything goes and and these two guys leave everything out there. This is the reason why I took Bully Ray um when I did take him. And maybe it was, you know, kind of ill conceived to take him so early, because I probably gave up somebody. But I, I, I just see him and John Cena putting together a great match on this Royal Rumble, something that would be memorable, that would really showcase John Cena's strengths. And that is that he is, he's a pretty decent wrestler. He's a good fighter when it comes down to it, when he's got the right opponent. So, um, yeah, I'd put that over, and, and John Cena would go over in a, a bloody brawl uh, to end all here with Bully Ray. So,
1: Yeah, and you would need that kind of moment because, um, you know Sasha beats Natalia her last final shot Natalia and Tyson kind of cry their way to the back you have the the heel being a big jerk and they just put out a great emotional match so yeah. having you know a blood filled match where the baby face goes over is a uh, would be a good contrast and something you'd would- you would need kind of to build the crowd back up because they'd probably be a little spent from the previous match.
0: Absolutely, And it's one of those things that, that builds, it's a big crescendo. It starts slow and then it builds all the way up. And, you know, it's, I could almost see the pop when, when Bubba goes outside the rain, and he gets a table, you know, it's like, Oh shit, here we go. You know, and, and it really builds up and Cena walks out champion. Um, I, I really think that match with Umaga is really underrated. I love that, that match. Oh I mean, yeah. It's, really-
1: a, it's a classic and, uh, yeah, one of the greatest – greater. I did a couple years ago a greatest um, match in Royal Rumble history um, list uh, for Place TV Nation. You can probably find it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had that match number one. That's a that's a great match. Oh,
0: it's just tremendous, tremendous stuff. All right, here we go. Let's get to the Rumble. 15 men from each promotion. Um, the biggest thing is is that we've got some guys returning, and I cannot wait because – There's a secret guy that I have coming out, and his name is Hideo Itami. And he is coming out to a huge fanfare. This guy is somebody that I'm going to utilize and push to the top. You know, he's a guy that I I feel so strong about. So let's go through the 15 guys from each promotion. Let's talk about who wins and then some of our storylines in there. So uh, for the red brand, I've got Hideo Itami, Randy Orton, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, Bray Wyatt, Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, Luke Harper, Braun Strowman, Wade Barrett, Stardust, Adrian Neville, and then I've got the tag team champions, Big Show and Curtis Axel, are in there to help Seth Rollins. And Triple H makes it abundantly clear that that's what they're supposed to be doing. They're supposed to do whatever it takes for them, uh, for Rollins to win the matchup. So who do you got coming on the blue brand?
1: Yeah, uh, so Roman Reigns, he won his match. Um, You have Brock Lesnar, Mark Henry, Ryback, and Swagger. So Swagger, Ryback, and Henry are their ideas to work together to get Brock Lesnar to win. Um, You have Heath Slater, Rusev, Cesaro, Dolph Ziggler, Callisto. Um, It's supposed to be gold dust, but there's a point where um, someone doesn't come out because we want that mystery of if, if Roman Reigns is going to make it or not, but it turns out it's gold cool, dust because he was attacked backstage, which we find out on SmackDown. Um, you have the Usos, uh, Sami Zayn, who's making his debut, and uh, Tyler Breeze. So, so what are the guys.
0: Would it be fair to have Sami Zayn and Hideo Itami start this thing out?
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: I, I uh, could, That could work. Yeah. I could see that being a huge moment just – you know, and even when we think about like Michael Cole or in one of the SmackDown guys, they're doing the announcing and they really put over like, uh, you know, I could see Cole putting over, Hideo Tommy's here and blah, 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 blah. And then Cole and
1: Corey Graves. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's Yeah. And then here comes Sami Zayn and it's like, no, Sami Zayn is here. And these guys just explode you know just tear the house down and you know two guys that really make a name for themselves so who do we have winning the Royal Rumble here Stephen
1: um probably the person who's going to win the Royal Rumble anyways uh Roman Reigns um he's the star of the future they they did it too early last year but uh you know we're we're trying again and uh, i yeah. think this might be the year for Roman Reigns
0: could now I know that we decided on this. Could you see Cesaro doing it?
1: Um, potentially, but uh, I like um, Cesaro's not ready yet, and I have kind of his WrestleMania match was the first one I had booked, so I well, want it. I guess it
0: I guess the the correlation I see is is Cesaro this year, Roman Reigns last year.
1: I think the problem with Cesaro, like he's. An absolutely great wrestler in the ring. Um, no one can deny that he's one of the best in the world. He's very charismatic in the ring. Um, I don't think he's an A.C. or company. Like mm-hmm. there's been guys that are absolutely great who are great, like upper main eventers. Like you have like
0: like Jake someone Roberts. like Ittoli
1: Blanchard, yeah. Right.
0: Jake, Jake Roberts is another guy. I think.
1: Jake Roberts is another guy. These guys were great. They had great feuds. They were in meaningful stuff. They were pushed really high up the card, but they never the guy. Uh, and that's kind of where I see Cesaro. I don't see him ever as an ace. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think it'd be an entertaining show with him as an ace, but I don't think he has the total package or the the, the right something. But you know, there can only be one ace in a company, so it's not really a downplay on him.
0: Could he be the ace of SmackDown if there was two titles?
1: Well, he is the ace of SmackDown. He's the IC title champion.
0: Well, I, I meant, I meant That's the a
1: spot right yeah. there—the Intercontinental Champion. Yeah.
0: I guess you know what I'm saying. I guess when you think about the past and how they've done that, um, is he a guy that you would put that that secondary world title on to, to see how he does with it to build up? Um,
1: I, well, I, they do that with. It. Like, they did that with so many people. Like, at this point, you could think of anyone on the roster and be like, okay, they could have held the world title on SmackDown. It wouldn't have been different, right? Yeah. Um, But the way I was treating the IC title, that was the main focus of SmackDown, was the IC title. Um, You know, it's it's great to get the world title shot when you get a chance, but that's only every couple months from now. The IC title is the man on SmackDown, and Cesaro has been holding that mantle weekend and wake like out so well
0: oh, absolutely I, I like it so let's talk about some of the quick angles that we have um again I've got Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens you know that thing continuing um I, I got Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt continuing in there Seth Rollins uh you know is a guy that has to go in for quite some time he's a guy that I could see coming out early um almost maybe in that number three spot and just having to survive um and Curtis Axel and the Big Show being there to help him, um, I view the the showdown of you know Swagger and um, do we have Mark Henry in here? Who was the yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark Henry or, or Ryback and Swagger versus Big Show and Curtis Axel and and kind of their <laughs> they both have their game plans of what they're supposed to be doing and and that could almost be the catalyst for those guys to kind of be eliminated during that run. And, um, yeah, just kind of putting, continuing my stuff. Um, you know, I want Hideo Atami to, to make a good showing. I want Finn Balor to make a good showing. Um, but in the end, you know, the guy that comes up close for me is Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. Those are my final guys in there, um, at that last moment as they fall to Roman Reigns, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, um, so some of the main things I have, uh, you have Cesaro, um, And that big heel stable going at it, right? Mm -hmm. Cesaro, Usos, um, there's one other person in this. Cesaro and Usos, uh, the big heel stable is kind of a thread throughout this match. Um, You have Roman Reigns, who's going to come in near the end and get the win. Um, He can even, you know, it can even be. The problem is we have Brock Lesnar, we have Rusev, who need to get eliminated in this. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can have Cesaro and Brock Lesnar eliminate each other at the same time, like a double lariat or something along those lines so that they, maybe Cesaro gets knocked on the apron and he suplexes Brock from inside the ring to the floor or vice versa. And they both eliminate themselves through a spot like that. Um, Rusev is the other guy that has to really look strong. Um, and... So I have something with him for WrestleMania planned and I think we need to set it up here. Um, So what I think what we're, we would have been doing on SmackDown is Rusev talk about being the new phenom of the WWE. He's, he's destroying everyone quickly. All of his matches have been wins. He's looking really good. Summer Rae is really bragging about like this phenom thing. Um, And there's some casual mention about how he could take out any former um, beast in the WWE. Um, He, he's the new phenom. He's the new dominant one. And you can have a moment here where like the lights go out and when the lights come on, Rusev has been eliminated or something, you know, wacky with the undertaker to, to kind of build that towards mania. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the first appearance of the Undertaker here. Uh, maybe, maybe you can even do something where the Undertaker uh, appears on SmackDown. Uh, maybe to, to Shane McMahon wants to reward him for all of his years of service, and uh, Rusev attacks him or Rusev challenges him there, and Undertaker doesn't say anything, and this is his response. But something with those two to to further that along.
0: Absolutely, I like how that would um kind of play out and uh Roman Reigns comes out as as the number 1 contender. Um and I think that both of us have to kind of go into WrestleMania mode now. Um we go into February. Um my big things coming up are a big feud between Ambrose and Rollins. Um you know them really putting over how they should either one of them could be in the main event kind of thing, you know, it's like fighting for that spot. Um during this time I also have The Rock coming back and um in his big catalyst with Triple H, um, they're, they're starting to really come at each other's odds. And, uh, you know, Triple H says there's only one way, or Rock says there's only one way to really settle this, and that's to face each other. And um, I could see that being a kind of a really big moment for Raw, kind of the end, and, you know, really building that up. Um, Charlotte and uh, I, I know I get some flack for it, but I would love to do... Kind of an Iron Man match or an Iron Woman match with Charlotte and Paige. Um, do you know
1: what's booked for the next NXT show? What's that? Uh, the main event of the next NXT special is Sasha versus Bailey in a thirty minute or a thirty minute Iron Woman match.
0: Oh, so. exactly. That's what I want to do. <laughs> I, I, I want to do that on a show. I, but I, I guess the reason why I say it is, I don't want to. It's hard to sell that on Raw. You know what I mean? But I think with the way that I built this angle from. Do a
1: network exclusive match only.
0: It, it could be that. Yeah, it could be something. Remember they
1: did that with Rusev and uh, Sheamus for the U.S. title? Yep, Just do something like
0: that. Yeah. and it, But and the reason why I think I could get away with it is because of the Ric Flair tie-in and the emotion that, that Charlotte has put forth in this contest. And, and it really comes to culminate, you know, almost that – that week before Mania type deal, um, it would be a huge match. I'd want it to go over as as one of the biggest things. Um, also during this time, uh, Bully Ray kind of descends a little bit. He still, you know, kind of plays the game for Triple H, but still, you know, he's he's kind of fallen off after I've utilized him in that big way. Um, I could even have Devon come back and have those guys be kind of a um, a novelty thing against you know. Axel and Big Show nothing huge you know uh, I, I used him the way I wanted to use him now I just got to utilize him um all the way through um my U.S. title hunt is on fire um and I want to push Kevin Owens over the top he's beaten everybody but now you can start to see some kinks in the armor in the armor and and people are, are they're kind of getting the best of them so I want to make sure that I continue to push that, and then uh, Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt are coming, you know, to to blows. Like anything could happen with these two guys at any moment in time. Um, the Wyatt family in uh, the New Day continue their little issue, um, but really, right now, on top, Triple H has got control, and and his issue is with The Rock. Um, we know that the title is is going to be a SmackDown match, so. Um, just a lot of issues going on there in Raw as we uh, build into February. So, Stephen, talk to us about your February pay-per-view.
1: Okay, so first of all, in the Royal Rumble, <laughs> so what happens, I, I figured it out here, is the Undertaker announced, uh, they announced on SmackDown that Undertaker is going into the Hall of Fame this year. Jamie Man announces it. Um, and when Undertaker comes out to to I don't know, do a little speech for that, um, a week later, they kind of hype up. Undertaker will be there to um, accept that he's going into the Hall of Fame. He's attacked by Rusev because of him being the new phenom, and the Undertaker's over the hill, and he doesn't deserve to be there, and blah, 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 right? So when it comes to the rumble, um, the lights actually go off, and there's a gong, but like Undertaker doesn't come out, but Rusev is distracted, and he gets thrown over the top by Roman Reigns at that point. So it's one of those, um, mm-hmm. Okay. That's fixed. Now going into the SmackDown pay-per-view, uh, I guess you call it fast lane, the fast lane to WrestleMania, but that's a lame title, but, um, I don't have anything better for mm-hmm. it. So we'll go with that. Um, so the opener is, um, so after Natalia didn't become the number one contender, um, and you know, Bailey has been rising high in the ranks. Natalia basically turns heel. She's had enough. She's tired of playing the nice girl and she beats the crap out of Bailey. And this, they set up a number one contenders match for mania. Natalia really puts home that this is her, really her last shot to get the, to get a big win for the women's title. And she's taking on Bailey here, but Bailey ends up getting the win. Um, so Bailey is your number one contender going into WrestleMania for the women's title. Um, next up we have, uh, Tyler Breeze is, um, He's been rolling along as a heel on the undercard, and now he's gotten to a feud with Ziegler. Uh, this one, you know, he, they both want to be—they both want to be the Encanto champion. They both want to be higher up on the card. Um, Ziegler makes some jokes about being prettier than Tyler Breeze. You have that kind of dynamic. Um, and this one here, Dolph Ziegler gets the win, and Tyler Breeze takes his first major loss on TV because he's been building up uh, facing jobbers and such. Um, next up we have, a uh, six man tag. You have the Usos and Cesaro, uh, taking on Ryback, Henry, and Swagger. Um, Seb Coulter wants Usos and Cesaro out of the way. The Usos, um, are the tag team champions. Uh, they have been for a while. Henry and Swagger want the titles. Um, Cesaro, the Intercontinental Champion, Brock Lesnar, now wants that title after the Rumble, after Survivor Series, he's had enough. He's coming to take the Intercontinental title. And he just wants him weakened up before that match at Mania. Um, but uh, actually Ryback and Henry and Swagger cheat their way to victory here. This one using Zeb Coulter and Ship um, You have uh, Henry pinning one of the Usos um, going into Mania here. Um, next up, you have John Cena, who's the world champion. There isn't really, it's a month before Mania. He's not facing Roman Reigns here because he's facing that Mania. Everyone else is focused towards Mania, so there's no real um, title contender here. So, what happens is um, a John Cena world title open invitational, like he does on Raw with the US title. Um, he's doing it here on Fastlane, and who comes out? Sami Zayn, like he tried to long before when he got injured and they have the same type of thing. They have a nice, uh, good match where Sami Zayn looks really good, but John Cena um, retains his title in the end. Uh, next up, Sasha Banks, women's champion, uh, defending against the number one contender before, uh, coming into night, Becky Lynch. Uh, they had a really great match on the NXT special. They have another one here. Sasha keeps on rolling as the champion going into mania. um, now, between that great match and the main event, um, we have something that's been building up on TV. Undertaker, he was attacked. He's coming back from Rusev. Um, but, uh, Undertaker hasn't appeared yet. So, Rusev is calling him a chicken, um, and he decides instead, um, on some raw, uh, some night, there's going to be the St- Stone Cold podcast on the network, And, uh, Rusev, since the undertaker won't come out and face him like a man decides to get in Austin's face. And, uh, they promoted here that Austin is going to confront Rusev, um, at Fastlane. So they have, um, an in-ring segment here where Austin basically, uh, confirms at this point that in Texas, in his hometown, in the undertaker's hometown, he's going to be in the undertaker's corner, uh while Rusev takes on The Undertaker. And The Undertaker will be there, he's guaranteeing it, and he's going to be at ringside making sure Summer doesn't cheat, and uh, to be there to support his uh, his good friend, The Undertaker. Uh, which leads us to the main event. Uh, Roman Reigns and Sheamus, one more time. Um, it was going to be a last man's dating match, but you've already done one. Um, so, <laughs> this is just going to be your, your classic... Uh, Uh, No no DQ um, No holds barred match Uh, Roman remains for Sheamus Roman won the last time um, But got beat up by Sheamus Roman won the Rumble Sheamus didn't get to be in it because of that Um, Sheamus is able to goad him to putting the title on the line uh, The title shot on the line Going into Mania Uh, They have a nice long match where Roman ends up getting the win He gets to keep his title shot Going into Mania So that's that's the show there
0: Nice. So, do you have any extra Smack, or SmackDown stuff before we head into Mania?
1: Uh, I'll talk about them when we get to the matches. Um, okay. Because I, I think most things have been built up here. So, mostly SmackDown is hype machine going into Mania. Yeah.
0: All right. So, let's let's finish this thing up, man. It, it started with the draft. We're at WrestleMania 32 in Arlington. Um, we're trying to get 100,000 people in this arena. Um, I know I really want to go to the show. I don't think I'm going to be able to, but I'm going to try my hardest. Um, but let's, let's run this thing down. So opening contest, something that, you know, has been kind of a staple in the past couple, I mean, almost 10 years. We we
1: have a pre-show match.
0: Oh yes. Pre-show match. Sorry.
1: Um, so we have the Usos. Um, they were actually Swagger and Henry stole the IC tag titles from them on a SmackDown um, due to, shim- to uh, some cheating. And uh, this is the Usos' uh, revenge match, and they were able to get their revenge and win the IC tag team titles on um, nice. f- uh, the the pre-show to get everyone
0: hyped. There you go. So let's keep them hyped. Let's get them going with, with one of the hottest matches um, that Raw's got to offer right now. It's called the NXT Explosion Match. Um, it, what it is is this, this phen- phenomenal thing that WWE has been doing is these multi man ladder matches. We saw one last year. We've seen the money in the banks, all of that. The U.S. title is on the line. And all five of these guys are NXT like mainstays that have come up and been major players on Raw. Kevin Owens is going to have to defend his title against Finn Balor, Hideo Itami, Adrian Neville, and Samoa Joe and these guys would utilize ladders. They would fly all over the place. It would be just, you know, Katie bar the door, Pier six brawl, all of it, whatever you want to say, you know, guys flying from all over the place. In the end, the guy with the greatest entrance right now in wrestling, Finn Balor, walks out with the U.S. championship. Now this puts an end to that title reign that um, that Owens has been having, which has been great. He's been beating everyone, Um, but Finn Balor uh, walks out with the title, and um, you know I've got I've got some more guys for him to to face now, and I see a lot of um, a lot of promise in what I can do with him. So Finn Balor is your new United States Heavyweight Champion.
1: Okay, so the opening match from SmackDown: uh, Bailey giving the big shot against Sasha Banks. You basically reproduce the storyline and the match from NXT, the, uh, from SummerSlam weekend. Um, uh, obviously, you change it up a little, but you have the same kind of dynamic. You have a great match. That's my current match of the year, and uh, they have another great match here where Bailey wins the the women's title.
0: Nice, and I, I, it, it, that build we keep doing it, you know. And now I've got to go with two mainstays, but and I don't know. I don't think you're using it, but um, there's a part of me that wants to use a Texas death match <laughs> um with with this next contest, but it's Orton versus oh that makes sense yeah <laughs> there you go it's it's Randy orton versus Bray Wyatt. It's a Texas death, you know, something like that and and I think that I could still utilize it with the way that Wyatt is is that Texas death style um talking about his family. And, you know, and you don't have to say that his grandpa is Blackjack Mulligan, but it's hinted. It's like the Texas death match has been in my life for so many years. And it's part of why I am the way I am. And, and only one of us is going to walk out. Um, and, and Bray Wyatt is the guy that he kind of puts the kibosh on Orton. And the thing is, is that Randy Orton has not got the leg up on this feud at all. And it is because I want Bray Wyatt to be the man on Raw. I want him to be my franchise pick player. Just I want him to be to be it. So uh, Bray Wyatt with a humongous humongous victory uh, at WrestleMania 32 against Randy Orton in a Texas Death Match. Um, okay. So um, let's go. Let's go now to um, the uh, the next contest. It's the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, um, and now, everyone
1: is not on the card, is it?
0: Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much everyone that's not on the card. Um, some of the big names for me, I guess, uh, a guy that you know. <sighs> I, I just look at Big Show in Curtis Axel. I want those guys to have a strong showing, but um, this ends up being the Sammy Zayn show—a uh, guy from SmackDown that ends up getting a big victory um, here, and that kind of continues our push of the next crop of big uh, stars coming out of NXT and the developmental system. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, that's a, a fair, uh, a fair choice there, and I, I think. Um, he's had a good push coming out of the gate, so him getting another big win going forward uh, seems like a good idea for sure.
0: Absolutely. Um, so if you look, our first four matches have been run, have been won by guys that were built in NXT, and I'm sorry, Bailey, um, but built in NXT. So let's let's go to our fifth matchup here, Um, a match that, you know, a lot of people have seen already. And and the only thing I can do to make this a little bit more memorable is is try and have these guys blow the doors off. Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose. Um, I want this to be a very good matchup, hard fought. Um, I'd like some chicanery to try and get involved. But in the end, uh, Dean Ambrose finds a way to beat Seth Rollins. Um, Rollins is kind of on the downturn and it is because of Triple H that he's on the downturn. I want to utilize that in there. I want Rollins to know that the reason why he got to where he was is not because of Triple H and, and really build that up. So, um, I want Ambrose to go over big here. So coming out of this, Ambrose and Wyatt are my two strongest characters on television. Oh man.
1: Uh, So next up, I'm debating between my two matches, which one should go. I like the title
0: match. I like the title match here.
1: Okay. So we're going with the title match. Uh, It's been building for a long time. Uh, You got uh, Brock Lesnar with um, Zeb Coulter in his corner versus Cesaro, who used to have uh, Zeb Coulter in his corner. And what happens in this match is WrestleMania is a show that's a lot of long, epic matches. Um, so, what these two do instead is have. A, have you ever seen the Don Fry Takeyama pride fight? I've heard of
0: it, but I've never seen it.
1: Yeah, it's basically a 10 minute uh, sprint, punch each other in the face, and a quick knockout. And it goes quickly. So I want to kind of recreate something like this, where it's really short, but it's super explosive, super stiff. Um, one of them bleeds, they punch and punch and punch and they go for quick submissions and Cesaro is able to, um, to, uh, get the, uh, the win, uh, here and keep the IC title. But this is, um... It's a shorter match, but it's super intense, super uh, super stiff, and it goes um, really quickly. And it burns through it. And this is a, this is like looks like it's a war. Both men are completely exhausted after. So it's something to completely change the pace because WrestleMania has a lot of long matches. We have a lot of matches on the show. So this one is short, quick, explosive, and uh, memorable for that.
0: Absolutely, I like I like that idea a lot, and I think that it almost plays into Brock's strengths a lot too, um, with having him, you know, in that kind of a contest. Um, I like where that can go. Um, I think this is a ma- The next match is one that I am not overly huge on, but something kind of I know that we have to do, and that is um, rock versus Triple H. Um, <sighs>
1: should The Rock have uh, a new day in his corner and the, Triple H has the
0: authority? Yeah, Triple H, yeah, I, I like that idea. It's almost that modified, you know, Lumberjack style, almost what we saw with Triple H and him and, him and Triple H and Sting this past year. Uh, Rock's got the new day, uh, Triple H has got Axel, and he's got Big Show and Mercury and Noble and, you know, everything, you know, all, all – all things aside, it comes down to Rock versus Triple H, and, and Rock gets the win. Um, yeah, I just, I'm so opposed to to this match happening. Be- <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> because of what we've done, <laughs> you and I, what we've done since the beginning of this card, have pushed and pushed and pushed. This great new crop of people, and these guys kind of got to take that spot. So Rock wins. Good job. See you next year. <laughs> uh, that kind of ends the Raw contingent here for Mania. So we've got two more matches. Finish us off here, Stephen.
1: All right. So uh, we have the match. It was it been was set up for months. Um, Undertaker with Steve Austin as corner versus Rusev. Um, you're going to sell at Texas Stadium. You need something big. Um, Steve Austin being there is something you can do. The Undertaker... Uh, trying to get his revenge on Rusev, who's been the most dominant monster for a long time, is something that might play out. Um, I don't know what you do with this match. I don't know who. You, like, I would love for Rusev to win. I don't know if you can do that.
0: I don't think um, there's any way that you can have have Rusev win this match because of Steve Austin uh, being there. If Steve Austin wasn't there, it would be something even. It would be something to talk about. But with Steve Austin, I can't see. The Undertaker not winning, and these guys both going off into the sunset, you know, together. Well, what if Rusev
1: wins and then um, Austin stunners Rusev? I, I, I can't. That's still stupid. That sucks, too. Yeah. But, oh, man, I wish Rusev could win this.
0: Yeah. I think we. would have pretty- Rusev
1: beat the shit out of both of them and walk out by himself while <laughs> Austin and Undertaker are both left playing. That's what I'd want to do. Yeah. And then you have Rusev, Roman Reigns as your main few going forward. That's what I would do.
0: Fuck everything else. <laughs> I think that Texas Stadium might burn to the ground if that were to happen. Uh, but, <laughs> That's what I'd but say. But still a fun concept. I think we can both agree of what we would like to see happen and what actually has to happen are two different things sometimes. So, um, so. yeah. All right, keep us going here, man. What do we got next?
1: So we have um, the main event. We have uh, Roman Reigns, John Cena. Um, the former, the the ace of the company versus the the guy that wants to be the future ace. Um, Roman Reigns has finally put Sheamus to rest. Uh, you know this storyline kind of writes itself. John Ace or John Ace, John Cena, kind of being the um, subtle heel in this situation as uh, he doesn't say Roman Reigns is ready. John Cena's he's been doing this for a while. He's faced all these guys who, um have said they're going to come and take his spot, but no one can. And uh, Roman Reigns just being cool as shit and uh, being the man who finally does it. So big, long, epic WrestleMania main event where uh, Roman uh, gets the win cleanly in the center. I think that's the way you should go for this
0: year. Do you do uh, Cena giving him the title belt at the end uh-
1: no, that takes the focus away. From, like Hogan did that to Warrior, yeah. it takes the focus away from the champion, right? Yeah, I
0: agree. So, yeah, I, so, I just see Roman Cena just
1: gets the win. I She's see Cena, Cena as being,
0: being a guy that would try to do that. You know what I mean? Um, to kind of give him that spotlight, but um, I agree. I think the, in my opinion, the reason, one thing that Roman Reigns needs to change is he needs to lose his shirt. You know, I, I he's got to change just a little bit about how he. Appears on TV to really put himself over as the the big, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. It maybe it's something stupid, but um, I just it's hard to say. Somebody somebody famous once said it. I can't remember who it was, but there's like how many world champions have you seen that wear t-shirts to the to the ring? You know what I'm saying? Foley, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, Austin wore a t-shirt. Uh, you know, nowadays fucking John Cena does it every week.
0: No, I t-shirt. meant I meant when they wrestle.
1: When they wrestle, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, 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 it's I like his look; it's kind of cool. Um, you know, there's probably little things they can do to tinker. I, th- I think the main problem is that someone's trying to sabotage him backstage. Yeah, that seems to be the problem with Roman Reigns. Yeah. Like he's just been booked so shittily, and I think if you just let him have good matches every week like he's capable of. He's one of the better wrestlers in the world. He's had so many great matches this year, but he's just put in such shit situations. Um, he's really cool when he's natural. Like, if you've seen him in things that aren't wrestling, just, you know, those that documentary with The Shield um, before SummerSlam last year, he was just cool as shit, right? Absolutely. He's a cool jock. So, um, I think you just, you play up those things, you let his promos not be as forced and... You just kind of let him be cool and let have him have awesome matches and probably bleed a couple times would help too. Mm-hmm. So
0: um,
1: yeah, so I, Roman, I, I like Roman.
0: Is Roman Reigns your MVP from SmackDown?
1: Uh, well, you got a couple, right? Like yeah. Roman Reigns. Um, he's come, He's been built up slowly. Rusev has kind of been dominant. Sasha's been leading a division. Cesaro's there. Um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of love to go around I, I don't know who you uh roman's been the guy that we've been building as the top guy the entire time but there's been other people carrying the load i think as well
0: nice all right steven um i definitely have to say that uh, kevin owens and bray wyatt are two of my guys that are on the on the forefront for having big years after wrestlemania as is dean ambrose um Again, just pushing those guys to the top. And then, of course, I've got Finn Balor and Hideo Itami that are going to have a big year, too. And I think that this would be a a time to push Samoa Joe as well. I could see Samoa Joe and Bray Wyatt doing some fun stuff. So, um, wow. What a project. Um, I've really enjoyed doing this with you. Again, this has been a pretty long show for us, so um, you know, go back and maybe listen to it in parts if you need to. But uh, you know, this is one of the things that the world, well, It's too late to tell them that. <laughs> I guess. Um, you know, but you know, look at some of the things that we did, so that you know, we want feedback on on what you think this would look like, especially that WrestleMania card and you know where we would be um utilizing talent each way and and you know, how it would play out in the long run. You know what I mean? I think the biggest thing that it, everything is a transition to the next, and this WrestleMania transitions us for the next couple years because you're now looking for more guys to be built up in NXT to to bring up in the future and utilize the guys that you have so that you can put those guys over in a big way. So um, any final thoughts on everything that we've done here, Steven? No, no, it's um... –
1: I enjoy the uh, the fantasy booking from time to time and, uh, um, you know, seeing some things that they could do or some things we can think of and then you see the stuff that they do do. It's kind of uh, frustrating, but uh, it, it's a fun uh, thought
0: exercise for sure. Absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there we go. Stephen, do you got anything to plug here while we're uh, finishing up?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, every Saturday is This Week in Wrestling with uh, my friend Pete and Johnny, where we go through uh, in the first fall, we go through an NWA Classics match and some indie stuff like Ring of Honor TV or whatever show comes out. Um, last week, we talked about the Scenic City Invitational, a great, great tournament. Everyone should check it out. out. Um, it's two nights. Um, you can get it for like 10 bucks on Vimeo from Woo Wrestling. Definitely worth checking that show out. Um, like four, four star matches, just amazing stuff. Great booking. If you like booking, that's a two night tournament you should watch. Just perfectly done all the way through. Um, uh, super extreme vault. will be back in a week or so with an episode where, um, we're going through cyber slam 99 from ECW, um, Uh, other shows will they'll come out as they come out yeah but that's the all everything planned but this week in wrestling every saturday and definitely check out the uh the two-hour review we did of the scenic city invitational last saturday and then um before you do that though buy the show it's it's only like 10 12 bucks or whatever it is for two nights of wrestling just great booking if you're a fan of booking so check it out
0: nice all right, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us on the Low Blow Booking Podcast. Again, um, you know, give us a like, give us a share. Let somebody that you know that loves wrestling know about this show. And uh, we're going to continue to try and grow. I know Dave Hall and myself are going to be coming back at you with uh, some other fun topics in the future. Um, you know, ready to tackle CM Punk not leaving the WWE and. Uh, 2011, how that would, you know, leaving the WWE and how that would work into an angle. And then, of course, uh, we're going to be looking at the the Royal Rumble rebook, um, you know, talking about each Royal Rumble and who could have won compared to who did win and how we would utilize them. And then, of course, we've got our Summit Series uh, coming up with 1992 uh, in December, uh, WWE versus WCW. And both of those rosters look very interesting in December of 1992, so how we're going to utilize that as we go to it. And plus, we are actually going to go back in time, and we're going to do some pre- Uh, Summit Series, maybe even dating back to uh, early 84, 85, um, you know, looking at WWF at that time and NWA and kind of putting together what could be some pretty memorable cards from then. So um, again, the Lobo Booking Podcast coming at you live and in living color on your mobile listening devices. Steven, it's been a pleasure working with you, man. I appreciate it and uh, I wish you the best. Thanks, sir. Have a good night. Awesome. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, have a great evening.